Steve Allen. Morning, four minutes past four, Monday morning. I'm so sorry the weekend's finished. I am so sorry it's been miserable. I am so sorry it's been the worst record uh, since records began of bad weather. It's been wet, it's been cold, we've had snow, we've had sleet. And just when you wake up this morning thinking, oh, I could stay in bed a bit longer, some bright spark on the radio goes, hello, welcome to Monday. And secretly in your heart of hearts, you're fashioning a crossbow, I know. You're thinking of aiming it, thinking, I wish you'd shut up, I want to stay in bed, I don't want to go anywhere. It's windy, it's wet, it's dull, it's, oh, it's just horrible. I did say to somebody, for the first time in living memory, I mean, I'm, I'm not the first person to complain about the weather. I'm, I really couldn't give a forex either way, it doesn't bother me whether it rains or whatever. But I've now had enough of winter. I've now got to that stage where I don't want any more of this cold weather. They've said it's going to last a bit longer. And I thought, I don't want any more cold weather. I want nice weather. I did go to the Ideal Home Show. I did like it. I did like it. There were some new things this year, which you, if you were following me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show, you would have seen me buying. I was, I was quite excited, actually. If I was so excited about one of the items I bought, I bought another one. I bought it on Amazon. I found out the name of the company because it's written on the side. And I thought, I'll buy another one of these. And it's a little humidifier. And all it is, it's a little tiny machine. It's not complicated. It's about the size of, um... I don't know what it's the size of, actually. A small bo- it's It's half the size of a box of Earl Grey tea, right? If you get a rough idea what that looks like. And on one end, it's got a little plastic spout, which you lift up. And it's got a little blue light in there. Bit of a selling point, as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> which changes to a red light when it runs out of water. And you get a bottle of Evian, a little small bottle. You attach this little piece of plastic which comes in the case <coughs> excuse me, with it you turn it upside down and, well specifically Earl, Earl Grey too, yeah, because that's the only size of the box that I can think of cut a box of Earl Grey knife and that's about the size of this machine, and then for about four hours, although to be honest with you I don't think it runs four hours, it seems to get through a lot of water I, well I suppose it would if you had it on the lowest setting and it just pumps out steam and the thing is that if you, if you speak for a living, if you're a singer or something like that, you could take this away with you on holiday so if you're in a very hot country and you're lying there going, oh, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. This little thing pumps out a little bit of steam. And for 40 quid, 44 quid, I think it's 40 quid at the Ideal Home Show. If you buy it online from the company, which is Air O Swiss, it's about 44, 49 pounds. And I like, and the only reason I bought it is because, as you know, we've had, <clears throat> as you can hear, various throat problems, which is nothing new to me, I've discovered. We've all got it. We've all got it. Went down to see the God Kids on... Saturday, because we went out to... We decided in the end, we actually changed our mind, you know, again and again and again and again, to go out to a place in Brentwood, apparently where the only Where's Essex cast go. And so I, I did tweet originally, we're all going off to this place, I couldn't remember what it's called, it's called Tarantino's. And so we went off there, and luckily there was nobody from the only Where's Essex in. It's a little Italian, tucked away down a side street, literally opposite Sugar Hut. Opposite Sugar Hut. You, you could see... That the uh, the sort of people who were in there, there was a hen night. Now I know it sounds ghastly, but they were they were quite well behaved. But on the website of this Tarantino, they plug the Only Way's Essex because the cast have been in there. Well, I think so. I mean, you can't if, if the Only Way's Essex cast go in there. I was only hoping that thank God Gemma Collins never turned up. There wouldn't be any food left, would there? She'd have consumed everything, I should imagine, including the tables and chairs. But it was nice. Now I have to tell you that I eat out in a lot of places. I like Italian. The food was. Okay. Okay. The service was brilliant. The service you couldn't fault. 
I absolutely could not fault the service. The food was very okay. It was, you know, it was it was okay. If you've not eaten at a really good Italian, then you wouldn't notice the difference. But uh, I had a sirloin steak and a green peppercorn sauce, which emerged out as sort of a bit brown and gungy sauce over the top. It was okay. It wasn't the best steak I've ever had. And a friend of mine had veal milanese, which, as you know, comes with the veal and then spaghetti. And he said it was a bit tough. You know, and it shouldn't be. Saturday night, everything should be in. It should be really good quality. So it, it, it wasn't the best quality food. But as I say, the, the service, you couldn't fault. And we had a man playing his organ up there. Bit of a treat for people in Essex. And that was quite... And it sounded ghastly. I promise you, it sounds ghastly. But it wasn't. It was really nice. It's obviously a very well-run restaurant. It was not. It was just nice. And then we had a quick walk up the high street. But it was so blooming cold. And we saw some girls getting out of a car. And you knew where they were going. Because they were wearing glitter dresses. You know, and they looked a bit rough in the cold light of day, I'm afraid. It was just a bit, you know, quite clearly sugar hut attracts those sort of people who think that you have to dress like a cast member of the only way is Essex to get in. Whereas, in fact, uh, as you know, they don't use it now. Mick, I think, has said he doesn't want to be in the only way is Essex anymore. He said it's attracting the wrong people to the club, and we saw the wrong people getting out of the cars. Wouldn't be my sort of place to go, but there again, I'm not, not of the age group that it appeals to. So we did that on Saturday, which was lovely. Went shopping at Lakeside which was lovely. I got recognised loads of times at the Ideal Home Show. Loads of times at the Ideal. I was quite surprised. I didn't go out of my way to sort of... I just, you know, somebody... I, we were sitting at the table having um, having a wrap. I can't remember what it was, actually. You know, my name is Steve. What can you do? I'm at the Ideal Home Show just for you. And uh, we were having this thing, and the man at the next table, he, his wife leant over, and she obviously said to him, I think that's Steve Allen. So he then said... Because people get quite brave when they're near me, which, of course, is unusual. And, uh, and he said, um, are you, are you, are you, um... I said, yes, Pisces. And, uh, and he said, are you... I said, yes, talkative. And uh, so he said, you're on the radio, aren't you? I said, he said, I can't... And he spent the whole time sitting there with his wife going, I can't believe it. I can't believe he's sitting next to us. Can't believe he's sitting next to us. And then, a little bit later on, I was sort of waiting for a table because there's nowhere to sit down at the Idle Home Show. And when you've tramped around for two hours... You want to sit down, your feet hurt. And so eventually, I, I, this, this very nice lady, she went to me, Steve Allen, Steve Allen. I went, yes. She said, do you want my table? I said, yes, please. It would be very nice to do. So she had a picture taken. But the funny thing was, because she knew who I was, there were three girls sitting at, the, sitting at another table. I say girls, they were probably women. And one of them said to me, she said, do you know her? And I went, no. And she went, but they've just taken your photograph. I said, I know, life's like that, isn't it? Because they obviously came from out of town. There were a lot of northern people there. You could spot them, flat caps, whippets, you know, that kind of thing. And that was just the women. That was just the women. It was great, though. I, d- I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I'd, rec- I'd, I'd go again. I'd go again, because they, they, they've got loads of stuff down there. It's just that your feet ache. Oh, dear, and try and time your lunch so it's not with everybody else's. Only the Brits go, 12 o'clock, we must eat. We must eat immediately. It is 12 o'clock. Quick, find a table. So what people do is sit down at a table. We did it yesterday in Costco. We did Costco. So what a miserable day yesterday was. God, blimey, honestly. What a horrible day. It was raining. We started walking in Regent's Park. And I looked at the weather. And then all of a sudden, it hammered it down. And I was so... And I hate climbing back into the car to sit on cream leather. I'm so sorry to mention that so early in the morning. But uh, to sit on cream leather with a completely soaking wet jacket on. With a wet dog as well. Who's just had an operation. To have a little cyst removed and... <laughs> Four front teeth taken out, so she's kind of whistles now, <laughs> like that. She can't help it. And uh, it was. They went, went to Costco. It was the busiest I've ever seen in Watford. Busiest I've ever seen. And I bought. I bought some wine, and I bought. What else did I buy? I can't remember. Bought a couple of nothing particularly special. 
Nothing, you know, nothing particularly remarkable. But it was just awful. Then we got outside and the heavens opened again. Oh, God, it was awful. It was terrible. And uh, luckily we got loads of birthday cards. And we got that lovely mug from uh, Noreen. Uh, little Julie, Neil, Kevin, Janet, Carol, Patsy, Sue, Jan, Winnie, Lindsley, Sandy, Margaret, Jill, Patsy, Janice, Michelle, Lizzie, Joe, Jason, Bridget, Shelley, Tracy, Faye, Lindy, Sally, Shirley, Peter and David. Phew, that was a mouthful. And that was, that was from uh, Moonpig, and it's one of those cards. They've got a photograph superimposed on the outside, which was absolutely lovely. And over the weekend... I got so many texts and emails. In the end, I had to send out a Twitter saying, listen, it, it, it's not physically possible to thank everybody, but thank you very much indeed. I said to a friend of mine, I said, the nice thing about being on the radio is when you celebrate your birthday, you kind of celebrate it with everybody. You know, and I got a card here from the Overnight Crew, which I opened yesterday, which was quite nice, signed by all the people who work overnights with us. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I got, um, I got wine, vodka from the producer. I don't know why I spilled most of it. Anyway, so we had vodka and uh, what else did I get? I got all sorts of things. I got more hankies today. Always hankies are useful for me. I love hankies. I've got an obsession with I never used to use hankies. I love them now. Absolutely love hankies. I'm an easily pleased person. And today, and today we have the return, the return of the gadget competition. Only on this programme. Only on this programme. I shall tell you what it is at about quarter to five this morning and quarter to six, but it only runs until 6.30. OK, so it, it, it's not one of these all-day things. It just runs till 6.30. So the gadget competition moves to the Steve Allen show. A little bit exciting. A little bit exciting. And so we'll tell you what it is that we've got up for grabs today and we'll tell you what the question is and then we'll tell you how you play if you're a new listener. It's... Uh, it's a good one. In fact, it's a very, very nice prize today. I won't tell you what it is, but it'll be something you want. OK, so details coming up very, very shortly. The gadget competition and it runs. So somebody at 6.30 will win today's gadget. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you want it. OK, simple as that. Uh, plus, we'll go through the papers. Plus, we take your texts and your emails and uh, some good bits, some bad bits, uh, some bits about the press, because uh, the MPs are voting on the press law, as you know. And it's, it's very interesting. D-Day, they're going to call it. Uh, the papers are saying, don't throw out our history. They're, they're trying to come up with what they think, you know, is the, uh, is the right way forward. They don't want censorship in the papers. You wouldn't read half the stories if we had censorship. So they've got all sorts of people quoted in the papers today. You know, people who've uh, been hard done by by the press. People who've been exposed by the press. And some people saying, well, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have a press like that. We should be able to control it. And there are many people saying that, no, we shouldn't. We should have a freedom of the press. They should be free. You know, as, and if they make an apology, then it's not going to be tucked away on page 13. It should be prominently there. It should be pro so they can, so you can see if they've made a mistake. You can see if they make mistakes. And so they should be accountable. Or should they? All of that's coming up on this morning's programme. Plus um, a sponging mum. We found a fraudster so early in the morning. I'll tell you about her in a moment. I don't know how these people get away with it. I must be too honest. It's almost embarrassing, isn't it, when you're listening to somebody on the radio who is too honest and almost too perfect. But here's a sponging mum, and every day you read about them. But this one's been given a lovely house. I bet the neighbours are so thrilled. LBC. Thursday morning at 9. LBC 97.3. Ferrari, the 
This morning, as MPs prepare to vote on a crucial piece of press regulation, Nick will be talking to a journalist who knows firsthand how dangerous a state-run press can be. Plus, is sleep, sleep deprivation affecting your relationship? It is apparently breaking up one in three marriages. Nick will be finding out why. All that in the full review of the day's newspapers. Yasmin Alibi-Brown will be wandering through them this morning. Our reporter, Tom Swarbrick, will be in Fleet Street. So there you go. And don't forget, we have the return today of the Gadget Competition. The Gadget Competition returns today in about uh, 15, 20, 20 minutes' time. About 20 minutes' time. Actually, no, a little bit longer than 20 minutes. Probably about 25 minutes' time. So we'll do that. But it finishes at 6.30, so it'll run every morning on this programme, and we've got some, some super stuff for you. Anyway, down to the sponging mum. Now, it's very easy to fiddle benefits in this country. And what a lot of people have learnt to do, and I've seen it on so many occasions, where a husband and wife arrive in the country with all their children. Asylum! Hello! Let's give you a house. And, you know, so in other words, they, they can be given really nice houses. And then what they do is they actually pretend, a lot of them, that they've split up. So they get two houses. You know, and then what they tend to do is they tend to rent out their other one that they've got. So they're given two. So they go, oh, no, I'm not with my husband anymore. And I've seen more and more cases of people who've lied through their teeth to get the second house. And that's what they do. And there's a case in point of a woman in the paper today. She was given a house. Wait for this. okay? bearing in mind, she's uh, she's a sponger. She's a mother of six. She's 38. She spent most of her time in the bedroom, I should imagine. 38 and six children. She was given £1,200 a week housing benefit to live in a townhouse worth £2 million in Belgravia. I mean, do me a favour, for God's sake. She was forced to move out of the house and into temporary accommodation, ten miles away in humble Edgware. Nothing humble about Edgware, love, let me tell you. That's patronising. After the government introduced a £400 a week cap on housing benefit claims. She's now written to the council, so she's able to write, so she's educated, moaning that the move has made it difficult for her to get four of her children to a top Church of England school in Belgravia. Now, this really winds me up, and you as well, I should imagine. Why should people be given £2 million houses? You know, I just don't understand it. And then, because they learn how to play the system, this woman lived off handouts until around three years, until last December, even though her husband is an accountant. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous. And she's a company secretary of a fashion store. It's thought she was even granted a one-off £10,000 discretionary payment after applying for £40,000. I mean, she said, I'm not looking for special treatment. Well, quite clearly she is. She's learned how to play the system. She even managed to fund a high court action last week to apply for a press gag to stop details of the case being made public. Westminster Council says we have referred this to our fraud team. She's denied any wrongdoing and insisted her husband of 12 years didn't live at the Belgravia address. I'm sorry, love, you haven't got any money, then you happen to... You know, you must. You live by the cut of your jib. I read a story in the papers over the weekend. No, I didn't. I read it on one of our... No, I didn't. Where did I read it? It came up online. Anthony Costa from Blue. Remember Anthony Costa? The one who urinated over a cash point machine down the road from here. He's been living on £45 a week and sleeping on friends' settees because he's got no money. He said, I had champagne lifestyle but lemonade income. And I thought, but where's, where's your... You know, he isn't sponging off the council. All right, so he's living on 45 quid a week. His parents have got a nice big house. He can, he can stay there if necessary. And you think, what have you done with your money? 
Where has all this money gone? They must have earned some money, Blue, in their time. They must have done. You know, all the touring, the hit singles, the concerts, they must have... You know, if I mean, all right, so even if they were earning, say, for example, £50,000 a year. That's still £50,000 a year. Where's it gone to? They go out and they think it goes forever. Do you remember Bross? They wrote a book called I Owe You Nothing because they had no idea that they were flat broke. They, were fl- they had diddly squat. Because what they'd done is they'd spent it because their management company, quite legally, had said to them, right, uh, we're going to advance you, let's suppose, hypothetically, a million pounds. They give you a million pounds, they go, we've got a million pounds. And so they go out and they start buying the clothes and they start having the, the limos and they start having all the flash things, which is exactly what, you know, and, and, in, and in their case, they carried on spending. They carried on spending without realising that the million pounds was to fund their lifestyle. So the house they were living in, the clothes, the cars, the record, the video, all of that came out of the million pounds. So eventually, it got to the end. They went, how, how, how rich are we? They went, you haven't got anything. You've spent it. You've spent it, but we've sold millions of albums. Yeah, but you've spent it. And the, uh, the record label had accounts of everything because they keep it. They keep details of everything that's, that's going on within the, within the business. It's, it's very complicated, but that's how it works. So they ended up with nothing. So it came as no surprise to me, really, that Anthony Costa, and I should imagine, I mean, Duncan James has had a few gigs. But I shouldn't imagine he lives a particularly extravagant lifestyle. Spends a lot of time with gym bunnies down the gym, sort of working out his torso and tweeting pictures of himself. Quite clearly in love with himself as well. And all the other boys. Lee, I, don't, I think Lee was living at home. When he did his come dine with me, he was living at, at his parents' house. At his mum's house. And that's what happens. They don't earn huge amounts of money. That's why Kerry Coke Toner, she never earned diddly squat out of, uh, out of Atomic Kitten. Most of her money's been been sort of earned through through the media, through being a personality, laughingly called. I know, it shows how dull some personalities are. And, and these people don't make any money. Highlight, you know, case in point, Jade Goody. You'd have thought she'd have left millions. Millions. No. No. It was all swallowed up. It was all swallowed up. Warren, you wish. He was never on that. Be nice to think so, though. Um... <clears throat> but it, but they, they don't make the money that you think they do. The only people who make the money are the George Michaels. The people who write the songs and control their copyright. That's the only people who make money. Why do you think all these groups having a reunion? They've all made nothing. One of the women out of Atomic Kitten, Natasha, I think it is, owns a chain of coffee shops. She's put her money into the business. You know, her and her husband, they own coffee shops. So that's good. That's the way it works. You've got to put your money into something that's going to that's gonna sort you out for the future. So Anthony Costa probably must have been delighted when they went, oh, by the way, we're actually... And he, he can't ask anybody else in the group, apparently. Nobody else in the group knew that he didn't have any money, probably because they're also in exactly the same state. I can't see any of them making any money at all. I would think that would be highly, highly difficult for them to do. And yet they toured... And they're treated like stars. Come on, wave to all the girls, thousands of girls screaming, hey, we love you, we love you. And then they're going home to a little bedsit. Because, you know, they say, well, you're touring, but touring doesn't really make any money because it costs so much to put these things on. You need to sell some albums. Did you sell a lot of out? Al- no, not really. David Bowie, I think 20 years after his last album, he's got number one. He sold 94,000 copies in a week. Something that Blue and Bewitched and Atomic Kitten could only dream of. Only dream of. That's the longevity. And David Bowie, I shouldn't imagine, needs to worry about that at all. 
He probably doesn't need to worry about the money, because over the years, because he's written things and he's got such a great back catalogue, like Elton John, you're not going to be finding Elton John going broke any time soon, because he's got such a successful back catalogue. You know, Blue could have a successful back catalogue, but they never wrote it. And that's the problem. Somebody else wrote their song, so the other person makes the money. Bross. You know, Bross then fell out. They never spoke to each other. We interviewed Luke. Matt, of course, was the uh, the nasty little drunk, if you remember, who pitched up at LBC threatening all sorts of things. And I think the reason... Well, in fact, I know the reason why he pitched up shouting the odds at me was because uh, they said, oh, Bross are going to reform and do a concert in Hyde Park. I said, who in God's name is going to want to go and see them? You know, you'd be better off putting them in a phone box at the end of the M4 and hoping that both fans turn up. You don't hear Bross stuff played on the radio because it was of its generation. They might have sold a lot of albums, but it didn't. And, of course, the worst thing is, once they start losing their hair, they cease being the pretty blonde boys from Chertsey. Luke forged a career in in movies and pushed himself out there, and he was down to earth. Thin as a rake, though. But Matt pitched up drunk, shouting the odds and using language like you've never heard before. I mean, really, I I just... I couldn't begin... I wish we'd recorded it. Because I could have dined out on it for about 500 years. The la- Nobody messes with the Goss boys. Oh, grow up, pansy. Oh, I get so angry with these silly little people. And that's why the business is so difficult. So when you read about people going Britain, then they have to do a reality show. Do you see the other day? And I think I've cut it for our special podcast later. Um, it was Paul Gascoigne, who we set on the programme last week, wanted to go into a reality show. And you think... You're not mentally stable to go into a reality show. You should not be going on there. And as I think Carol Malone said, are you sure he's cured? You don't volunteer. The only reason you go on something like that is to make some money. That's the only reason you go on a reality show. You don't go on there to prove you can eat kangaroos bits and stuff like that. You don't do that. You go on to a reality show because you've got no money left. And it's a good way of earning a quick bit of income. Phil Daniels will tell you in a couple of weeks' time for In Conversation, you know, the star of Quadrophenia, that when he did the Strictly Come Dancing, actually, I think I upset him, because there was one piece I'd I'd remembered from Strictly Come Dancing, when I think, oh, God, was it Craig Revel Horwood, called Phil Daniels common. Which is, like, it's the worst thing you could ever say to somebody. And I think he got really upset about it, because he he said to me, he said, yeah, he called me common. He said, I'd, I'd have gone over and punched his lights out. Because it, and it was just, it's an, you know, you can say to somebody you're working class, because people go, yeah, I'm working class. I come from working class stock. But to say to somebody you're common, I don't, you know, perhaps because he's played those parts in films. And he was very upset. But the good thing was, when he did the Strictly Come Dancing, he, um, he got paid, even though he was knocked out first, for the whole thing. They've now since changed the rules. And so, consequently, you only get the full whack if you do the whole show. But he said, I was lucky, he said, because I got pensioned off after the first week, he said, and I got all the money. I thought, now that was clever. That was clever. 84850, uk. Oh, and farewell, London W128QT. It's gone. They've, uh, they've, you know what that is, don't you? W128QT, it's the BBC Television Centre. They've sold it off for it. They did their last bulletin. They made such a faff around it, as if it made any difference where the news was coming from. They've now moved, funded by you, to a very, very expensive new place, and they've sold off the rotunda, but they're keeping some of the studios there. I love the building. Very iconic, very 60s. And so they've sold it. Perhaps they'll invest in something else. It's LBC 97.3. It's 4.30. With Steve Allen. 27 minutes to 5, it's only uh, 12 minutes away from our new competition on the programme. 
The gadget competition, it moves to early breakfast with Steve Allen. And I'll tell you what, uh, what is on offer for today. A little bit later on. Uh, didn't you go and see Matt Goss in Vegas? Must be earning a tidy sum via his residency. Have you seen what he's working in? A room that holds, what is it, 80 people or something? He's working on, he's, he's in Caesar's Palace, but they've, they've overhyped it. You know, you know I was going to tell you this because I've told you this before. And uh, Matt Goss is out there and he's working, I think they're calling it the Gossy Room. And uh, he's doing, he's doing standards. He doesn't exactly do IOU nothing, I don't think. He's doing all sorts of, uh, you know, standard, come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. And so he's doing it with some, some raunchy dancers in a, in a room, which is, they call it Cleopatra's Barge, because I think it holds no more than, I'm sure it's either 80 or 200. Whatever it is, it's, it's too expensive. He's not a headline act. You know, if you go to Caesar's Palace, it is the biggest, the biggest hotel you've ever seen in your entire life. And the arena there for putting on people like Cher, they're never going to put Matt Goss in, in, in the arena because he couldn't, he couldn't sell that out for love and money. And he only does two nights. I think he either does two or three nights. But the, it's, sort of, it's, it's called in the business lots of overhype. Lots of overhype. So you sit there paying a small fortune for drinky poos, watching some bloke going, come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. So that's, that's what he does now. Um, so, uh, no, I didn't go and see him. But we did, we did go through... The room. I, I have been to Caesar's Palace. Eight four eight five zero. Stephen LBC. dot co. dot uk. Another one here, uh, which says, uh, "Wouldn't you like to be godparent to Carrie Katona's love child?" I don't think she's pregnant again, as far as I know. I don't think so. She's going out with a bit of a wayward bloke. And then there was another story in the Sunday papers about the bloke who's going out with, um, oh, Denise uh, Denise Welsh. From his ex-wife saying, really, you can't trust a thing he says. He hardly ever works. Well, I don't think we've actually seen him do a day's work as yet, which is quite funny. Uh, 84850, steve uk. Everything read out on the programme. We don't miss anything out because we love you. M-I-C-K-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Uh, another one here. This is from uh, Ian. He says, how to make a small fortune. Put a large fortune in a Cyprus bank. Yes, a bit sad for many people, that one is. But then they've just been bailed out, haven't they? Uh, to the tune of, I forget how many billions it is, but people have lost out on it. That was like, under the Conservative government, the standing joke was, how do you get a small business? The answer is, buy a big one and the government will do it for you. Very difficult to make money in this day and age. That's why, unless, of course, you're not paying any, any corporation tax, which is most of the big coffee shops nowadays. The high street is just full of people, absolutely full of people who don't seem to pay their tax. And it's really annoying. You go and you buy a cup of coffee and you think... And they ha- we went to the Ideal Home Show. Oh, laugh! We go to the Ideal Home Show and they always have a restaurant in there. And this time it's that John Tarode's partner. You know the bloke whose name is, I can't remember, the bald-headed one, Greg, Greg Wallace. Can't bear him, can't bear him. Anyway, he has a little restaurant thing up there. And you know it's sponsored by... Nor stock cubes. I mean, I ask you, you know, supposedly top quality chef, not really, uh, who spends a lot of t- I don't know what's the matter with him. He doesn't look all there in the ed department. He's got a very, very young girlfriend, but he seems to wander from girlfriend to girlfriend. And so his thing, and they've got so-and-so soup, pea ham, whatever it is, made with nor cubes. I think, oh, God, who's going to pay a top dollar for that? So I can make that myself at home. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I wrote a poem for your birthday, says Noreen. Happy birthday, Steve, the man we all adore. He's brought us all together. It's him we are here for. And what a lovely group we have. Everyone a winner. Wouldn't it be lovely if we could take him out for dinner? So, Steve, we all say thank you. You really are the one. We hope you have a lovely day and have a load of fun. Thanks for uniting all of us. Have a lovely day. We all love you so very much, is what we want to say. 
Thank you very much indeed. I don't think we ever get so much loyalty. You know, the old, the old line was, I've never felt so much love in a room in my life. And it does, it does happen like that, doesn't it, at the circle. And uh, you won't believe what I've got coming in this week for an interview. For inc- I have to tell you, because I'm, even I was, I nearly fell out, I drove off the road. They said to me, right, this week coming up, you've got Linda Barker. So she must have something uh, new out. And Gloria Hannaford's coming in. I've not seen Glow for, for a little while. In fact, her son Michael actually texted me the other day and said, listen, we need to go out for dinner. We used to go out all the time. All the time. But anyway, so, so Glow I'll be looking forward to seeing. And they said, and by the way, <laughs> don't, don't, don't haul me up over the coals of this one. Jeff Brazy is coming in tomorrow. And so I, so I, I misheard. I misheard. So I said, I'm sorry, can you, can you just say that again? They went, Jeff Brazy is coming in tomorrow. I said, Jeff Brazier? For me? And they went, yes. I said, who booked that? Jeff Bra-. And then a friend of mine said, he said, I bet you anything, he said, you're going to meet him and like him. I said, oh, God. I said, the claim to fame is that my youngest goddaughter and his youngest went to the same, the same nursery thing. And so that'll be the only thing we have in common. That'll be the only thing. So he's coming into... I can't remember what he's, he's, he's in to talk about. I, can't, I had to get them repeated. I said, Jeff Brazier. Normally they run names past me, and I sort of, I sort of agree or disagree. So I can't wait for this one. Can't wait for this. It <laughs> should be very, very interesting. Uh, 84850, uh Another one here. This is... Uh, this is uh, Oh, enjoy the In Conversations. The documentary on the Queen was excellent. You will love it. I'm sure John will do a copy of you when he comes over from Holly. Sophie Wessex came across very well. Uh, yes, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by any of these documentaries on the royal family. I really am. Uh, she says, the card I sent you with your photo on, the jacket was worn at Hornchurch, where you and John Warrington trod on the lights. We do, I don't know how we trod on the lights. Don't tread on the lights, they said. What did I do? Tread on the lights. Breaking bulbs left, right and centre. I'm not, I'm not the best person. I've got loads of e-cards I've got loads of e-cards to open up. So if you get a thing back from Jackie uh, Lawson saying he's not opened his e-card, I'm trying to plough through them as quickly as I can, actually. Uh, Originally, in case uh, folks don't archive everything on your birthday, a bit of fun, your birthday finishes at one o'clock in the Cook Islands, so this means it's still your birthday until five o'clock in New York, six o'clock in Chicago, eight in Vegas and L.A., and ten o'clock in Honolulu. So I could be celebrating till ten o'clock this morning in Honolulu my birthday. How nice that is. Thank you very much indeed. We shall uh, weave it all in. And we had uh, something from uh, from Paul, whose uh, dad, I gather, has not been not been very well at the moment. Actually, um, he says, you, you, lots of people, he said, you started with that dreaded cough. Both dad and I started with the dreaded cough in the chest, and he's then developed a bad infection, which has put his blood sugars well over 30. Oh, God, that's fatal, isn't it? And... Uh, and involved us hot-footing it to hospital, both now on the mend, but feeling slightly worse for wear as the heating broke down twice. Oh, my nightmare, my nightmare. He said, so I will spend the weekend playing catch-up. He said, I have put a birthday card and a 10-bob note in the post. Bless you. I must tell you this story, because we've got the, we the brand-new gadget competition this morning. I'll tell it to you in five minutes. I get home yesterday from... Uh, no, I get Saturday night, and I couldn't find the front door keys. I couldn't find my front door keys. And I thought, where the dickens... Perhaps they fell out of my pocket. And then I suddenly realised that I'd opened one of the cupboards and I think I'd gone out of a different door and I'd left my... So I, I had to buzz Lynn. I said, Lynn. She went, yeah. I said, can you come down? I said, because I think I've locked my keys in. I can't get in. So anyway, so she came down. She quite clearly had a sherbet because it was a Saturday night. And so we were talking... Anyway, I found the keys. They were in the other side of the door. So I had to go around and open the door. 
Anyway, got the keys out. And she said, oh, she said, it's been terrible. She said, my poor mum is distraught, she said, because we've had two deaths in the family. She said, and my mum said to me, she said, they always go in threes. Always go in threes. And I said, oh, they do that, don't they? They go, so-and-so died and so-and-so died. And they had a couple of relatives die. I said, oh, that's awful. That's awful. I said, oh, your poor mum must be panicking over this. Anyway, I get my post, and there's a letter addressed to me. I open it up. My auntie Joan has just died. And so I said, you can tell your mum it's okay. We found the third one. It's okay. She doesn't need to worry. She said, oh. She said, but look, what are the chances of that happening? My auntie Joan was uh, 91. And I'm going to go to the funeral. Because uh, you get to that age now where you lose a few people. She had dementia. Uh, she was losing her sight. To be honest with you, the family have said it was it was a blessing. She was ready to go. I know it sounds very odd to say that, but I promise you, she was ready to go. She'd seen her her, her godchildren. She'd seen all, all the grandchildren she needed to see, you know, while her sight was, was there. Now it's going. And at 91, she didn't have the best quality of life. So the family, uh, we've got to wait a couple of weeks for the funeral, but I will be going to it, which is on a Thursday. And uh, But 91, I thought, was such a good innings. Such a good thing, because her husband, my Uncle Stan, died ages ago. Ages ago. It seems, actually, it seems strange, because if my mum would have lived, she'd have been in her 90s now. She'd have, as it was, I mean, she died, you know, in her 60s, very young. My dad was in his 50s. So it's, it's one of those things, but it, it was that third thing. You open up, having just talked about two people dying, and I go, I can't believe it, my Auntie Jonas died. Strange, isn't it? Very strange. The way things go nowadays. The way things go. Uh, 84850... Uh, I've seen uh, Matt Goss twice in the Gossy Lounge, says Keith. Ooh, look at you. He says, uh, in the past two years, last year they were selling playing cards of his picture for 50 cents outside the show. He said, I made a holiday vid. But uh, he says, I love the girls. Well, I said, well, it's, it's, they're, they're a bit raunchy, aren't they, I believe, in the Gossy Lounge. And what does he do? Is it two nights he does, or three nights over there? But he's been in Vegas for a few years now, but they always go, he's at Caesar's Palace. Well, I mean, technically he is, but he's not, he's not headlining Caesar's Palace. He's not headlining it. But uh, I can't believe you've seen him twice in the Gossy Lounge. Ooh, bit of a crush, eh? Bit of a crush going on there. Uh, what is it? £80 million this week on the lottery, on the Euro Millions. I think this Friday, £80 million, which is lovely. A friend of mine's just going off to join the army. He's just joined up. Because he, he had a job, and then he decided that he needed a career. And so he's, uh, he's passed. He had a bit of, a, bit of a, a, a medical issue, and then they sorted that out. And so he goes in on, on Sunday, I think. Sunday. Uh, what's this here? What's that a picture of? This is Hollywood Beauty. Eva Mendes. I don't even know who she is. Who are these people? And I didn't realise... Oh, she's actress. OK, thank you. I was watching a film the other day. Well, it wasn't a film so much. It was a, a documentary on how these people became famous. And it had Kim Kardashian, the woman who will sell every aspect of her cheap, tawdry life. How did she become famous? Come on, tell me how you think, because I certainly couldn't have remembered this. I could not have remembered how Kim Kardashian became famous. She made a porno film. And that's why she was famous. And she capitalised on it. A tramp, as far as I'm concerned. Somebody with no morals whatsoever. And then went out there. They all, they've all done it in America. That's how you become famous. And so that's what she did. I mean, I was, I was shocked the other day. They had Rebecca Luce on the television. You know, what they'd put that person up there for, I've got no idea. She can't leave it alone. She cannot... It was so long ago she was making allegations about David Beckham. They were threatening to sue, and then they didn't sue, and then they hoped it all went away, and here she comes like the bad penny again. Go away! 
was like picking up one of the Sunday papers this week, and on the front page it had um, Anthea Turner, I blame myself for Grant Strang. I thought, leave it alone. Nobody cares about your boring life. If you can't keep your marriage together, love, that's your problem. We don't care. Got a gadget competition coming up for you. Don't go away. London's biggest conversation. It's Steve Allen. 13 minutes to five. 13 minutes to five. Starting today... On LBC 97.3, we have a brand new competition where I'm going to be giving you the chance to win some of the top gadgets every day. So today I'm giving away, little fanfare, an iPad Mini. You could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. This competition runs until 6.30. After that, the winner will be chosen. So one lucky listener will win an iPad Mini today just by answering this question correctly. What kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? What kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? To enter, you text the word gadget. G-A-D-G-E-T. G-A-D-G-E-T. Followed by your answer. And you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So good luck. So it's the iPad Mini. The iPad Mini, the must-have get-your-hands-on gadget. And the question, what kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before the cut-off point, which is 6.30 this morning. Good luck. Terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk. Text costs pound fifty plus the standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Go to lbc.co.uk and give you all the terms and conditions on there. Good luck, everybody. It's uh, 11 minutes. Two six. Uh, Steve, listening now to you talking about skin-told pop stars and coffee shops that pay no tax. Gavin listens every morning. Donna is in East London. Uh, apparently, Jeff Brazier has a party trick. Can't wait to see that one. And um, another one here. And uh, somebody also who says now, where is it? it was somebody, uh, Matt Goss, doing cabaret in Las Vegas, a pole dancing club, is his forte. Well, it's not that, but they have their very raunchy dancers. Because it's Las Vegas. And Vegas, a lot of the dancers wear, wear very little. Very little. And so he's doing his thing with his hat on. And so he's singing these, uh, these things. Uh, 84850. Oh, uh, Steve, in LA on Friday, 26 degrees. Can't wait, says Jason from Warburton's. And uh, one here. I remember the Goss boy coming over to your uh, former premises. Obviously, none of it was broadcast, but uh, uh, you weren't around for a while. Uh, no, we were there for the whole programme. We didn't We didn't come off air or anything. Oh, no, no, you obviously misheard that one. No, no, no. There must have been ra- extra radio. No, 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 I was on air throughout the entire thing. Absolutely. We sent the producer down. I didn't go down and talk to him. We just, we just looked over the top and laughed and pointed and called the police and they carted him off. Oh, yes, no, it was... Uh, oh, no, definitely... Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, so that's how I've become famous, eh, Steve? A blue movie, OK. Pass the baby oil and an instruction book. Part A, part B. Can't see part A anymore. Seems to disappear. Yes, that's how you become... That's how Kim Kardashian made her name. 
And that's it. That is the extent of fame in America. They're so, they're so naff. So naff. Actually, there's a very interesting quote here from Lee Ryan, who's appearing on The Big Reunion, who's warned the One Direction hunks to vet those around. A little bit late now. They've been going for a couple of years, haven't they? He says here, they seem like down-to-earth guys, but they need to make sure they have the right people around them and don't get led up the garden path. The industry is hard. There's a perception that it's all glamour and parties. No. <laughs> so it's not for us. But the actual truth is there are a lot of dark demons who live there. So there you go. That's a warning from Lee Ryan, who's probably met some of those dark demons, I should imagine. Don't forget, you've got till 6.30 to enter the uh, gadget competition. 6.30 this morning, and then somebody will will win, which is fantastic. Uh, let's have a go back to your... Uh, your uh, Emails, 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, you make Monday morning bearable, says Bob. Thank you for being there. Oh, the trouble is, it's, people hate it, don't they? They hate Monday morning. I don't know why. See, it doesn't really bother me, although I did speak to a friend of mine earlier on. I said, you know, this morning, when the alarm went off, I was, quite, I was so happy in bed. It was so... I'd found, a, I'd, found a, I'd found a snuggly bit in the bed, and that was the bit that I, I liked the most. And then I had to get out of bed, which wasn't, wasn't as exciting. Not as exciting. Other stories in the papers. The uh, sad story of a, a dad who begged for help. They were climbing in uh, Switzerland. They were very near Chamonix. And it's a dangerous path in winter. And so this man was up there, 48. And his son, it's Peter Saunders, his name is, and his son, Charlie, was 12. And they were climbing... Uh, this this mountain path, which the police said is dangerous in winter because you don't know what's there. That's the trouble with, with sort of climbing. And a 12-year-old boy... I mean, I know that people say, oh, 12-year-old boy shouldn't have been up there, but lots of kids go climbing in the, in the mountains. They obviously weren't as affected. This little lad fell and was killed. Uh, he fell down into a, into a glacial valley. And so his father called for help, and then he lost his footing as well, and he fell. And so both of them perished. I mean, it's, it's, it's the saddest story ever. It's the saddest story ever. So the man was panicked, he, uh, but he did... I mean, thank God he phoned. Thank God he was able to send a signal back so that people knew that there was somebody up on the mountain and they were able to go there, because otherwise they, they, could, have, they could have stayed there for, for weeks, months. Goodness only knows. You know, it's really, really awful, because sometimes when the snow comes down in these mountains, and especially uh, on the Mont Blanc Tunnel and round Chamonix... When the snow's come in, it's driving. It's really dri- You know, you, and a 12-year-old, I mean, I don't know. Would I have taken a 12-year-old? I don't know. It's the kind of thing you, you worry about because it's dangerous. I wouldn't want to go there. But there again, I, I couldn't climb. I, I mean, I, I feel ill thinking about it, I'm afraid. I feel very ill. Uh, EastEnders viewing at a record low as fans say the soap has lost its identity. Ironically, you were saying this to me the other week. You were writing in and saying, we don't watch EastEnders anymore. Because it's, it's lost its way. And I, th- I tell you what it is. It's the old adage of, where are the scriptwriters? You know, so when you... So if they bring in, say, a new scriptwriter, they start writing for characters. But if you've watched a soap for years and years, you know these characters. You know what they would do. You know whether or not that character would say this or say that. And if it's not believable, click, it, it goes off. You, you lose all sense of belief. Oh, bad news is, Natalie Cassidy's been pictured... Uh, out in a park, exercising. You can only help feel she must have run out of money and you're going to be putting up with another blooming DVD. In fact, even the newspaper went, another DVD, Natalie? She's got to kind of capitalise on it as quick as possible, hasn't she? Before she puts on all the weight and becomes fat and bloated again. 
I do worry about you buying these DVDs. I've said before, only buy them from, you know, from proper people. Proper people. Get a workout thing from your doctor. You don't need to buy them from, uh, from you know, people who've been in a soap opera and then sort of pitched up on a, a few things. Um, Keith says, promise you no crush on Matt Goss. He says, first time we saw him two years ago, he did two and a half hour set. Oh, God, I'm not sure I could cope with two and a half hours. Two and a half hours of Matt Goss. God, blimey. He says, last year he did an hour, then a disco afterwards. <laughs> so there you go. It is a bit raunchy, though, isn't it? It's sort of... I don't know what the, the fans of Matt Goss would be. I mean, you know, come fly with me. Come. You know, people don't want to hear standards, do they? Although I tell you, I did Marty Pello the other day from Wet, Wet, Wet. He's got a new album out. It's show tunes. And... You would never... If I played you a bit of it now, you would have no idea that it was Marty Pello. You would have no idea it was Marty Pello at all. No Scottish accent, no nothing. But mind you, Lulu doesn't have a Scottish... Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no Scottish accent there, is there? Uh, you've got hour and a half to get your entries in for our gadget competition for this morning. It's a brand new competition. You'll be winning some of the top gadgets every day. And this morning, it's an iPad mini. Get your hands on it, because competition closes at 6.30. Somebody will be phoned. And one lucky listener, listener will win that iPad mini. Woo. And the question is, what kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? To enter, you text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T. Make sure that's correct, because it goes into the right uh, box. Followed by your answer. And you send it to 84850. Oh, before 6.30 this morning, text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Um, another story in the uh, papers today. This is, um, ooh, lots of kissing here going on. Elizabeth Hurley. And uh, she was kissing her ex-husband. Everybody seems to be an ex-husband, don't they? Uh, Elizabeth Hurley. But she's currently with uh, Shane. Shane Wall. Who's had his hair done and, and all the rest of it, which is good. Uh, seems to be quite nice. And uh, here's, here's a lovely picture of bears. Junkie bears. And what they've, they've done, they've started rolling out barrels filled with aircraft fuel. Because they're very clever bears. They can sort of strip things out. So they've now become addicted to the fumes in the canisters of gasoline and kerosene. They inhale deeply and then they lie back with their paws out like that. Yeah. I'm just so floating. And they're, they're sort of off their trolleys here. It's in eastern Russia. Apparently, some of the bears will even stalk helicopters. Do you remember seeing that? I don't know if you saw that uh, programme on the television. It was some, well, it wasn't a programme. It was a, a clip of a guy who'd been out in... Might have been Russia... And he starts filming. He was trying to find where where the bears are in this river. Anyway, and so he's trying to find. He can't see it. All of a sudden, he hears this crack. He turns around, and there's a brown bear. And he carries on filming, but at the same time, he's going, go away, bear, go away. And, of course, bears don't understand that. And the bear starts gathering a bit of speed. He's going, go away, go away. Because he gets quite frightened, because the, the most dangerous animal alive, next to a hippopotamus, is a brown bear. And the reason they're dangerous is because they can run, they've got claws the size of my hand, and they climb trees. So, in other words, you think you're running, oh, run, 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 oh, I'll climb a tree, oh, my God, the thing's climbing a tree after me. Not so good, not so good. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, we'll weave more in the other side 
of the news. Don't forget, you've got an hour and a half to get your hands on my iPad mini, as he says, this morning on LBC 97.3. And uh, we weave in as well all your texts and uh, emails. Very cold this morning. Very cold again, and I think it's going to run for this week. Later on this afternoon, we'll have some sunny bits. And uh, I think there's some more rain forecast. There's a surprise, ladies and gentlemen. When are we going to have summer? When are we going to wake up in the morning and go, oh, look, it's a sunny day. Old- I'll be- that'll be the day I'm moaning. I've got all my Hawaiian shirts already. The ones I've got in Vegas. They're all ready. I just can't quite bring myself to wear one just yet. I don't want to look like the last turkey in the shop walking, uh, walking around. Dawn says, you just said 11 minutes to 6. Did I? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry if I panicked anybody. It's great when you're up, though. You can have an extra piece of toast. Can't you? Uh, apparently Kim Kardashian's boyfriend Kanye West and father of her unborn child wrote a line in a song about how proud he was of his girl's video class act isn't it really Kanye West and Kim Kardashian a match made in money on FM, online and with Steve Allen morning, Monday morning how come Martine McCutcheon Steve is bankrupt I have no idea I have no idea what people do with their money but if I, uh, as I told you before people are they just seem to spend their money on different things. Perhaps some people save, some people don't bother saving, some people have champagne lifestyles, but lemonade incomes. And that's the problem. That's the problem, isn't it? That people people don't save their money anymore. I remember saying to somebody I know, actually, not sort of, well, he's sort of a friend, and he said, what's the point of saving? He said, I'm young, I want to go out, I want to spend the money, I want to, you know, pick up girls, and I want to get drunk and do all the usual things. You think... But you can't do that every week. You go, yeah. Because some people, if they work all week, for some reason, they don't want to... They don't want to stay in at the weekend. People don't stay in anymore. Whereas, you know, I always think a good jigsaw, you know, is, is a... I know, and then people, oh, that's boring. They go, can I just go out? And you go, well, if you can't afford it, no. But everything is expensive that you do nowadays. Just going out for dinner, even going out to a place like McDonald's or something like that, it's you're taking a family out. I mean, it's 30 quid. It's 30 quid, and you think you're having a laugh. It's, far, you know, far from it being fast, cheap food, it's just not even fast sometimes, actually. Not even fast. And that's the problem, that people want to go out because they've got boring jobs. You know, people having to get up now. There'll be people listening to this programme now. They'll be waking up, going, here we go, Monday morning. The routine is get up, go into the bathroom, get yourself ready, go down to the station, the wind and the rain lashing your face. You stand on a platform with hundreds of other commuters. Nobody says a word. Nobody says a word to each other. And then all of a sudden the train comes and you pack yourself on and you're standing next to somebody who's been eating garlic last night. And, oh, dear. And you've got to go the whole journey. You get off the other end and you've got to fight your way through. the. And then your ticket doesn't work in the turnstile. And you get out the other side of the turnstile. And there's, you can't get on the bus and the train is packed. And you found the same person eating the garlic standing next to you on the train again. And then people go, you've got some money. Oh, I'm homeless. And get, oh, go away. I'm not surprised you get to work and you're very, very stressed out. That's why, you see, working in the early hours of the morning, it's so much easier. So much easier. Patrick says, with the ratings slide in EastEnders, does that mean the BBC might resort to desperate measures and resurrect El Dorado? Oh, Lord above, I do hope not. Oh, I do hope not, I'm afraid. It was very lucky, Steve, wasn't it, that there was a photographer there to catch Natalie Cassidy doing her workout? I know. Isn't that lucky that Natalie Cassidy happened to have a photographer with her to take a picture of her working? Isn't that lucky? She's as lucky as Chantel, ladies and gentlemen. As lucky as Chantel. Uh, apparently, do you know what you can buy in this country? I mean, we know you can buy horse. And we know you can buy ostrich and all the rest of it. Do you know you can buy camel? 
You know, you can buy camel meat, legally, in this country. £2 for a burger, and for a ribeye steak, £12.50. I'm not really sure I want to eat camel. I don't think I'd want to eat camel. Apparently it's a little bit chewy, and it's it's rich in vitamin C, but lower in cholesterol. I don't want to eat camel. I think there's more, more things in heaven and earth that I don't want to eat, and camel is up the top of the list, I'm afraid. It's it's just the kind of thing, it just doesn't... Inter- I'm sure it's lovely. I'm sure it's lovely. You know, if it was sugar, you'd be going one hump or two, but you don't. And I'm thinking, do I really, really want to eat that kind of thing? No, I don't. I do love this picture here. It's an old painting donated to the National Trust. It arrived at Buckland Abbey, kept in storage for, I think, around 18 months. But suddenly, it's the centre of attention. It's Sir Francis Drake's... Uh, this was at Sir Francis Drake's Devon former home. It's been identified as an important work of art, painted by Rembrandt, and worth twenty million. <laughs> it makes I'm not surprised people go round go round car boot sales and charity shops now. They're always hoping that they're going to find something. I'm always amazed at the charity shops in Twickenham, or as we call them, Polish department stores, because they've got. Everything in there now. They don't just do second-hand old clothing. Oh, no, 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 no. They've got books, they've got records, cellos, shoes, everything. The latest one has got an oil painting in the window. The price, £75. It's a charity shop. A charity shop used to be, you know, 20 pence, 30 pence, pound. Blimey, if you paid £1.50, you're buying something really serious. Really, really serious. Now, £75, £200. I've seen things for £300 in a charity shop window. It's a charity shop. One of them had a television the other week. Make us an offer, it said, on a television. I didn't think they were allowed to sell electrical goods. But obviously the law has changed now. Uh, 84850, uh, Eight four eight five zero. Do you agree that the Alan Titchmarsh show has got really tacky lately? Oh, I like Alan Titchmarsh. I can't, I can't but fail to like Alan Titchmarsh. He's so down to earth. And I do be on, I mean, I, I am, I'm probably with you on some of them. Some of the guests on there, Lisa Riley, uh, Mylene Klass and people like that. It's, he's, they obviously had a change of producer and they've decided to go down the route of daybreak. Because I've, I've cut a piece out from some girl who's apparently the entertainment reporter. And I think it's a rather sad indication of a television programme when the reporters get two-page coverage in the papers over, you know, I'm sorry, you're supposed to keep a low profile. That's the whole idea, but everybody's insatiable, aren't they? Oh, look, here's me, and I thought my career was going to finish, and then they picked me up on this morning, and I, was, I was looking through all the people that Jonathan Shallot has, because he now, he just doesn't have a piece of paper with his clients. It's a book. It's a book with all the people on there, and he's got everybody from, uh, from Connie Huck to Kelly Brook to Kate Silverton, Kate Garraway, Lorraine Kelly. Oh, you're gorgeous, you're marvellous. Mark Wright. Vinnie Jones, not really sure what you do with Minnie Jones. Uh, Mel B, Mylene Class. I mean, the list goes on. It really does. Uh, something called Danielle Proud. I never know who some of these people are. Sometimes they look and they tell me the programmes they're on. And I don't know. Even, well, it has got biggins. So for that, we, we forgive. Don't forget, you've only got till half past six to have a go for my new competition, which started on the programme today. And this is the gadget competition. Your chance to get your hands today, ladies and gentlemen, on an iPad mini. Somebody will win it at 6.30 this morning. The lines will close, not that far away. And one lucky listener will win the iPad Mini. It could be you. And the question is, if you answer it correctly, what kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? To enter this one, you text the word gadget, which is G-A-D, 
G-E-T, then followed by your answer, and you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Apparently, according to Hilary Devy, who was on Dragon's Den, and she's now not, instead they put Kelly Hoppen on there, which I think is a very strange choice. She's never invested in anything, as far as I could see. But she says women don't succeed because they put family first. So that's why women don't succeed. And uh, she says, uh, by putting families first, and the, the encounters in the workplace are better than the male counterparts, but they won't commit to serving at the highest level. So that's why you don't get... It's mainly a male... I mean, you do get women, quite clearly, because she's one of them. But it's, it's mainly male-dominated. Uh, Mick Jagger and Jerry Hall. Uh, she wants a house. She wants Mick to sign it over to her. She was at a press conference tossing out snappy quotes and posing in a leopard print skirt. And uh, here she is, 10,000 miles away. She's facing up at, uh, at 50, 56, I think she is now. Might be a rather tricky third act in her life. All but one of her four children have flown the nest and her two-year romance with billionaire property tycoon uh, has run its course. Meanwhile, her beloved mother, Marjorie, died following a stroke this year at the age of 88. But uh, she wants... She's turning her attention to her retirement and the eventual fate of her £10 million home in Richmond. It's a lovely house. I don't even know where that is, actually. It's called Down House. And uh, they bought the house for £2.25 million, and it's now worth ten. And she wants it. She wants to keep it. Whether or not she gets it, I don't know. Something about Jerry Hall. I don't know. I was never, I was never a big fan of Jerry Hall. I liked her on the front of the Roxy Music album, and that was about as far as it get. Uh, Felicity Kendall. Strangely enough, this one's resurfaced, as indeed I predicted it would on the programme. She is told how she regrets allowing her friendship with Richard Bryars to fall apart. Uh, he died, of course, before she had the chance to get back in touch. Instead of being able to say goodbye when she heard he was ill... Uh, her farewell came at his funeral under a fortnight ago. And they were a tight friendship. And then, of course, he said it all went out the window. I think she sort of disappeared. Of course, now it's a little bit late to start talking about, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. You have to do it while, while people are alive, I'm afraid. I mean, she knew that he'd been ill. She said, I try not to do regrets, but I now have one. Not having kept in touch with Richard Bryars, or Dicky, as I used to call him, is a real sadness now that he's gone. Exactly, you only get the one chance, Felicity, the only one chance. You know, I always, I always worry when people say, oh, I've fallen out with so-and-so, and you think, listen, you need to make your peace, because if they go, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. She said, he was very supportive of my complex and traumatic personal life. He taught me so much about the art of comedy. And then she never said anything. So she, she pitched up at his funeral and people were saying, oh, strange. She hadn't made any comments up until that, that moment. So now she's got the regrets. She has to live with the regrets. But, of course, it's almost like putting it to bed, isn't it, and saying, well, listen, you know, we didn't really get on towards the end. I mean, people do fall out. I understand the falling out thing. But when somebody's very ill, you have to kind of make amends and you kind of have to to put it sort of back together again. You make your peace with somebody, but she didn't. And so he died, thinking, well, that's it, that's it. Charlotte Church is still going. I'm a bit surprised by that. I didn't realise she was still still singing. And so she's pitched up wearing a very funny wig, and she was at, uh, she was at the Southwest Festival on Friday with this lavender Afro wig. She's quite balmy mad, I'm afraid, Charlotte Church. And uh, she also was wearing a floaty lilac kimono-style dress. Very odd, isn't it? Very odd. I don't know what she was doing there, actually. 
But uh, she's in uh, Austin in Texas. Do they know who she is? I wonder whether they're actually aware of who she is, but uh, probably... I suppose they must have been. Somebody booked her for it, didn't they? Front of the Express this morning... Front of, oh, I've got to take a sore break, actually. But I, I will just tell you, it's, uh, it's Kate, who would like a boy, but she says William would like a girl. So they're a bit... But what are they having? We're still waiting. What did we think it was? Do we think it's a girl? We think it's a girl, don't we? Well, I hope we think it's a girl. 14 minutes past five. <laughs> News headlines this morning with Sam Pittis. The leaders of the three main political parties are understood to be on the verge of... Re- and with Nick of the team after the news at seven as MPs prepare to vote on a crucial piece of press regulation. Nick will be talking to a journalist who knows firsthand how dangerous a state-run press can be. Plus, is steep sleep deprivation affecting your relationship? It's apparently breaking up one in three marriages... Nick will be finding out what sleep deprivation. I was always told the, the key to a marriage, separate bedrooms, works for the Queen, doesn't it, and Prince Philip. That's what we discovered when somebody broke into Buckingham Palace, uh, that, in fact, they have separate bedrooms. Separate bedrooms, the Queen. I mean, it happened. When you get to a certain age, you don't want people snoring and making strange noises. Yeah, it's, what, sleep in separate bedrooms? Quite as far as I'm concerned, separate countries. It's the only way to make a marriage last. Look at the papers today. Yasmin Alibi-Brown, the British journalist and author... Uh, for the Independent the Evening Standard, we'll be live in the studio going through the papers today. So the Express, they're looking at Kate, who would like uh, a boy. William wants a girl. She couldn't stand up yesterday, did you notice? And, of course, what are the papers picked up on, poor girl? Honestly, she was wearing the same coat that she wore for doing... Oh, you think, for goodness sake. Of course, what do you think? Every single time they go out. This isn't, this isn't one of the Eccleston sisters. This is somebody with a bit of class. She doesn't want to go out there and start, you know... It's not a fashion parade... It's not like Pippa Middleton, the boar. You know, this is, this is Kate. Anyway, she got her heels stuck. I know that I've done it myself. You sometimes go out, and I've seen ladies, all of a sudden you walk over something and, you go, and they fall over because the heel is... And you look, you've fallen off your shoes. That's because they're, they're old. You think because they're old shoes. I saw some people the other day down at Lakeside. It's very chavvy down there. Uh, a lot of... Very, very chavvy, actually. Very chavvy. I mean, really, you can see some of the families. You know, it's a little bit much when the entire family is sporting tattoos and the kids have all got earrings. You know, you've only got to see somebody hoop earrings and tracksuit bottoms, and you know where they're from. You know where they're from straight away. They're not all like the only wears Essex, I'm afraid. So anyway, so she was out there. She was handing out the traditional shamrock, which they do all the time, which is lovely. I like her. I don't care what anybody says. I think she's class. I think she's... A, I'm not in favour, normally, of people marrying out of the royal family. I'd rather that William had married somebody from another royal family. But to be honest, I've looked round Europe. They're a bit of a naff lot. There's not a lot going on out in Europe, I'm afraid, at the moment. So I think he's done quite... Thank God he never got Pippa. Because we did worry, didn't we? We thought old Harry was going to go for Pippa. In which case, it would have been slightly awkward, I suppose, because Pippa Middleton quite clearly would want to be treated like, you know, a duchess. And she'd be... Whereas I think Kate is just getting on with it. They're very down-to-earth. I don't think William's at all bothered about things like that. They just happen to be, you know, in the royal family. It must be quite interesting when your mum is... The, is when, when you're sort of... When, when your grandmother is the queen... It's not like it's anybody else. Uh, apparently the producers uh, had a friend. Well, sorry, she's still got a friend, bless her heart. Uh, met Pippa the other day. She was at a charity event at the Foundling Museum. Oh, I know where that is. I've been to the, I've been to the Foundling Museum, which is good. So, girl or boy for Kate? What were we betting on? We were betting on it's a girl. We think it's a girl. I hope so, actually. I do hope so. Uh, Oil-rich Qatar want to snap up M&S. Worth eight billion. Apparently, the store is being lined up for the audacious bid by one of the Middle East's richest investment funds. 
It can only change the shot. I tell you what, I've, I've my big pet hate the other day, and I've I've said this before, and I'm I'm sorry to mention it again because I, I worry about it quite a lot. Uh, chicken, as you know, is cheap. Chicken is very cheap. We consume something like eight million chickens a year, or probably even more than that, eight million, because it's very cheap meat. And and I quite like chicken, but I want quality chicken. If somebody says we're selling a chicken for two pound fifty, I know it's a scrawny old bird. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not interested. But the one thing, I went out the other day and I did, I did wander through Marks and Spencer. I bought some water. Because you don't want to start staggering around Twickenham carrying bottles of water. So I bought some water and I had a look at their Chicken Kiev. Because I bought some Chicken Kiev and I'm quite partial to Chicken Kiev. I like a bit of Chicken Kiev. I think it's, I'm, I'm convinced that if you're diabetic, garlic's good for you. So I, I quite like the idea that it's got garlic butter in there, and it's very tasty. You don't have to have, you have it with a few few vegetables, and that's fine. So I bought it from Waitrose, and it was chicken breast, and it was sliced down the middle, and then they put the garlic in there, and it was delicious. Marks and Spencer's, I thought, oh, that looks lovely. Chicken Kiev. And it was reasonably priced, and so I picked it up, and I did what I now do with every bit of meat. I turn it over, and I look at what it is. Is this chicken breast for your chicken, Kiev? No, it isn't. It's formed chicken. In other words, what they do is they sort of, they get the chicken and they shape it into what they think. You know, you don't want anything that is shaped and formed. Because that means that they've taken the chicken and they've sprayed it off the bone. So the last bit of carcass, this chicken couldn't wrap itself up and keep itself warm if his life depended on it. It's now got nothing. They've taken the meat off for all the good things and then spray it and they get the last little tiny bits off and then it turns into a paste and they add a few things to it and they form it into chicken nuggets, chicken this, chicken that. And it looks the same because once you've taken the coating off, you suddenly realise what's underneath. Don't ever do it. You'll frighten yourself. So I will not buy any chicken now that is shaped and reformed. Even their chicken nuggets were shaped chicken. And I'm thinking, you don't want to buy that. That's the rubbish bit. That's the rubbish bit. And chicken, yeah, you could make your own chicken Kiev. You could go out and buy chicken breast. Literally, no, I could do it myself. And put a knife down the middle, get some garlic butter, and just put it inside. It's not difficult. You can go to any supermarket, well, most supermarkets, and they do Lurpak garlic butter in a nice... And you just cut it, and you insert it in there. I mean, come on, that's difficult, can it? You can make it yourself. It's just, you know, the garlic that they do has got parsley in. So chop some parsley and put that in there. I mean, you know, here's me giving you cordon bleu tips of how to do. But what you don't want to buy is chopped and shaped chicken. And unfortunately, parents fall for it all the time because that's what kids like. They like chicken nuggets, turkey nuggets, anything. And yet you read on the back of these packets what it is. You don't want to touch it. You really don't want to touch it. Uh Three police officers who let off a burglar with a caution are facing an investigation after their furious chief constable said he was staggered. Polish crook, can't pronounce his name, uh, broke into a family home, desecrating it, stealing cash, jewellery cameras, even unwrapping Christmas presents. He handed himself into police, but despite confessions of the burglary near Chelmsford in Essex, he was offered a simple caution, meaning he wouldn't face trial. Now the Essex chief constable, who is Jim Barker McCardle, has referred the three officers to his police professional standards department and had the case file sent to the Crown Prosecution Service. He says, every bone in my body, every cell in my body, said this looked like a very bad decision by Essex police. He said there were rare occasions where a caution might be given, but he stressed absolutely not in this case Victims, Monique Carson and her partner David and their son Douglas are still shaken by the raid. She said, I'm very pleased he wants to make every aware it's not acceptable. 
this is one of 925 in mid-Essex last year, up 13.9%. And it's people coming in who go, you've got something, I'm going to rip it off, I'm going to take it from you. A friend of mine was burgled the other day, twice he's been burgled, twice. I mean, you really want to hang these people, don't you? But to, to have a, a Polish crook at 23 breaking into somebody's house, ripping open their Christmas presents, I'm sorry. They had a programme on the television the other day, and it was House Restoration. It was, it was not one of the programmes I've seen before. I can't remember the name of the woman who was presenting. She's an actress. And this was a couple who've got a very, very old house. I mean, it's, you could see the beams in it. They had the whole thing covered with scaffolding. And it's obviously a restoration programme, and it was going to cost them the best part of £300,000 to rebuild this house from, looked like the 1400s to me. It had panelling and everything else. And over one weekend, what happened... Burglars came onto the site and started dismantling inside their house. So they lost a complete door, some panelling was taken out. And you think, these people are tow rags. These people are breaking in and touching your property. I don't quite understand why we wouldn't be throwing them in prison. You know, and you stay there for a long time. None of this, you're going into prison for a short while. They were all talking today, weren't they, in the papers, and they were talking over the weekend about the, uh, about Vicky Price who's been moved to a little cushy prison. Oh, mother, I hope you have a nice time, love. Have a nice time. And that's what it is nowadays. It's the soft touch, isn't it? It's a case of, oh, are you managing, love? Oh, no, I tell you what. Well, because you're all right, we're going to send you to a nice cushy little prison. So that's what we do. And they, and they don't thank you for us. They must be laughing, because she'll come out and sell her story. And some newspaper will buy it. That's why it should be quite interesting. You know exactly what they're going to be talking about, gagging the press. But also, you'll be finding out with Nick Ferrari this morning what it's like to work where there's a state-owned press. I think you'll find it very interesting. I promise you, the, the papers could change overnight. And I'm delighted to report that after, oh dear, a campaign of mine lasting the best part of 20 years... For people, 20 years I've been banging on about fraudulent use of blue badges... Fraudulent use. People going out there, taking them, using them, stealing them from other people's cars. People going out there when the person who is disabled isn't even in the car. Last year, how many were confiscated because of fraudulent use? 100? 200? 300? 1,000. 70,000 blue badges were confiscated last year and, uh, and bus passes as well. 100,000 bus passes. And this is people using them fraudulently. I see it every day in Kingston. Fraudulent use of blue badges. Every single day. I've had rows with people about it. I've banged on about it for so long. There's so many people out there. I mean, it's ridiculous now that, you know, it's formed about a billion pounds, I think, this is worth. Most things stolen out of cars now, a blue badge. And they stick it. We've had famous people using blue badges. Illegally. Fraudulently. 70,000 they took away. Some people carry on using them after the person's died. And they go, oh, and they just park wherever they want to. It's absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. You've only got um, an hour, literally an hour, to get your hand on my gadget this morning. I'm sure you would love to. I'm offering you today an iPad Mini. Somebody will win it at 6.30. That's when the cut-off time is, 6.30 this morning. Details coming up very, very shortly on LBC 97.3. And also, fury at the explicit comic relief sketches before the watershed. To be honest with you, just a lot of comedians coming out there once a year to make sure that they're on the television putting out the same old rubbish that they put out last year, the year before, and the year before that. You've no idea... How the critics laid into them over the weekend. Might be for charity, ladies and gentlemen, but the entertainment was third rate. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, and the time now is 5.30.
Lee Vallon. 27 minutes to 6. Morning. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Monday morning. <laughs> Vile weather. Although today you might see a little bit of sunshine. Little ray of sunshine. I'm your little ray of sunshine every morning. Uh, little Julie says, I love Alan Titchmarsh. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I went to see a couple of the shows. The only letdown for me, one of the guests was Louis Spence. Over the top and not funny. I know, I think gone are the days of sort of Nancy boys on the television being funny, prancing around. I'm afraid it's not funny anymore, is it? It's just a bit sad, I suppose. A little bit sad. Anyway, if you have just woken up, hello. How are we? Good weekend? I know, everybody was the same. Everybody's moaned about the weather, going, why can't we have a weekend of sunshine? Why can't we have some sunny periods? Please, give us some sunshine. Make it not cold, but the sad news is that it's going to get colder. And they say you could have some more, some more snow. So the good news is 70,000 blue badges have been confiscated. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's 68,000. I mean, it's a phenomenal amount. You know, it's absolutely unbelievable. It's also a lot of people tipping off. You know, you, you can tip off the authorities. You can phone up and say, listen, this person, this is the car registration number, and this is the person who's using the badge. They're not disabled at all. They're really not disabled. You can tell. I've, you know, you can tell. Sir, I know you can't tell everybody, but believe you me, I've seen people parking in disabled bays and then running. Well, how does that work? The whole idea of a disabled badge, excuse me, is so that you, you can park near somewhere because you can't walk very far. I've seen people running over the road. I could take a film crew out and film every day. It's like yesterday, going down the motorway, Saturday, going down the motorway, there's blinding rain and there's cars whizzing past who must have been doing 90 miles an hour. One time, there were firm's vans, and I was going to start... I mean, some of them were rented vans. You, you see those being thrashed to death on the motorway. Thrashed to death. But you see firm's vans. You feel like phoning up the firm and going, is your driver driving blah, blah, blah? Is he on a death wish or something? You know, because you see... We did see two accidents on the motorway on Saturday, quite clearly because people were driving badly. Driving very badly. Now you know, though, that there's no end of drivers in this country driving illegally. Some people don't even look as though they've even got a licence. How they've got out there, I've got no idea. So, at least we've got 70,000 people not using blue badges. So that's good news. And 100,000. They have little blitzes every so often at the station in Twickenham. Sometimes I'll get off and Brown will be there. And there's loads of police officers, loads of policemen all over the place. And what they're doing is, because we've got a college, a lot of the students are bent. And they're, well, I say bent, I mean, some of them can't stand up straight, you know. So, but they're, um, they're using fraudulent travel cards and travel warrants. Some of them try and get through really quickly. And you, you know when they're, when they're doing it, you can see them. So what they do now, they put police on the platform to make sure if somebody goes up the stairs, sees the police, they then go back down the stairs and the police go, off you go, back up again, and they catch them. Uh, last time we had, we had sniffer dogs out there because apparently a lot of drugs being dealt around the, uh, the college. A lot of the students there, because apparently a lot of students do drugs, ladies and gentlemen. This is a surprise. Like a bit like, I suppose, a lot of celebrities. Um, so people complaining about the explicit comic relief sketches before the watershed. Some people saying, I'm never going to watch this filth again. It wasn't just filth, it was rubbish. You know, it's a, so we had, I think, this time round, in Call the Midwife, uh, a reference to a vajazzle. Well, this is before the watershed. So kids say, I'm sorry, what is a vajazz? I mean, what are parents supposed to say? Well, I don't think they know nowadays. I think it's very... I mean, it comes from the down market show The Only Way is Essex. Uh, Peter, Peter Kay also sat on his... for the charity event, leading to parents complaining that their children started using the term. I was talking to someone about Peter Kay the other day, and somebody said, what's he like? I said, quite difficult. Quite difficult. But, you know, it's, you have to accept the fact that this is what celebrities will do to push themselves out there. They have to try and make themselves interesting. So you're going to get swearing. You're going to get third-rate bits of programme. It's just an effort to get them on the television. 
That's all they do it for. They're on the one at that one time a year they want to be on the television. But the watershed, I think the watershed's gone out now. I really do. I seriously believe that there's no such thing. We don't have a watershed on radio. All the time is a watershed on radio. Why shouldn't it be the same on television? The language I hear, I'm afraid, on Celebrity Juice is unbelievable. And I cannot believe of how disgusting it is. And I'm not a prude. I'm really not a prude. You know, I've sworn with the best of them. Believe you me, I know swear words other people don't know. And I've, I've just been horrified by the kind of thing that is put up on the television where kids can watch it. And they think it's perfectly normal to use stuff like this. You know, the word I'm using this morning is gadget. That's the word. I mean, I know in some quarter... I can't believe he just said that. Openly, on a programme, at 22 minutes to six. Gadget. And you know why? Because I now have the gadget competition on the programme. And so every day I will be giving away some of the top gadgets. And this morning, it's an iPad mini. I know you're getting a bit excited, a bit excited at home. An iPad mini. And somebody will win it this morning at 6.30. That's when we close the competition. And all you have to do is answer this question correctly. What kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? What kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila. To enter this one, you text the word gadget. This is the important bit. G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer. So you text gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850. It's got to be done before 6.30, because the text will cost you £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time of 6.30, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So good luck. Good luck to that one. Um, apparently there's a very... Nick, I'm sure that Nick Ferrari will do this one. Or failing that, anybody who's got children on LBC today, it's uh, girls feeling under pressure to look like porn stars. And this is a, a feature in the Mail. It pops up in a few other papers today. And it's uh, teenage girls... As young as 13 are being pushed to conform to an extreme porn star aesthetic. The alarming comments echo concerns raised by MPs, children's charities and the Daily Mail over the damaging effects of easily accessible web porn. It is the most accessed thing on the internet. I mean, I don't know how much, if you've got children, you're aware of what they're accessing on the internet. I mean, they do know a lot more about the internet than, than we do. I've got a, a nine-year-old goddaughter who knows exactly how the internet works. She can, I mean, she, she can pick up a phone and discover things on this phone I didn't even think existed. Because, she's, because they do it at school. They do computers at school. They learn everything and they absorb it like a sponge. So it comes as no surprise to me that girls uh, are seeing porn on the internet. You've even got to type in a few key words. Apart from the obvious words, you know, but there are, there are other words which you type in which have now been hijacked by the porn companies. It's the most accessed... Th there's me thinking it was Google. There's me thinking it was Google and it was something sort of fairly innocent. No, no, no. Even my, uh, my youngest, she Googled uh, a word to do with a doll, which was a bit of a mistake, because up came a porno site. I mean, it's, I mean the, the, the producer's... M Wait for this one. The producer's mum is a teacher. And she decided to show the, the kids in the class what old-fashioned milk jugs were. So she googled milk jugs. Well, you can imagine, can't you? She had to turn it off within about a second. Had to close the internet. Went, oh, my God, fathers. That was just for milk jugs. Because years ago, people had milk jugs, and the person, a long time ago, people came round and you filled up your milk jug from the milk that they had with you. Or you went to the farm and they filled up the milk jug. That was how it worked. But you can't put milk jugs in. I can't tell you some of the other words. Some of them are just words in everyday use. 
in everyday use. The other thing which is really annoying me at the moment, and I don't like to say this because it, it seems a bit nitpicky. It seems as if Steve Allen moans about things. But have you noticed that labels on clothes are getting bigger and bigger? And, I mean, frankly now, I think I'm, my body's being invaded. Because they're, they're getting very itchy. Sometimes on shirts you get three labels. You know, it'll have one at the back of the collar. There'll be one halfway underneath there with a spare button sewn onto it. That's put the fear of God into me a few times. And then sometimes I've sat on the button. Even more frightening. And they've done a big piece in the paper today. Sometimes you have to cut them out. They're so big, these ladies. It's got the washing instructions in 14 different languages, including Urdu. And anybody from Kazakhstan who's decided to wash a don't iron this shirt. You get all of it. Sometimes I sit there thinking, I've never read a label in a shirt. What do they put them in there for? The worst thing, and this is the worst thing, I'm sorry, but if you buy pants from Marks and Spencers, inside your set of five pants or four pants, depending on how rich you are, there's a little tiny square label with a number on it. This identifies the person who packed your pants. And sometimes, only sometimes, I've forgotten when I bought new pants, and I put them on, and then when you take them off at the end of the night, which you are prone to doing, you've got a little label stuck on your body. And you think, where's that from? And you go, it's... It's a sticker. It's like a little sticker that they stick in the back of the pants. It might have 31 on it or something. And that, that will identify the batch number that it came from. And they can identify the poor girl, Ching Chao Xie, uh, who made the thing in the first place. Because they're all made in China. And the amount of times I've sort of climbed into bed with stickers saying 31 or 7 or whatever on my body. You think, why do they put this stuff in there? Just put it in a, stick it in a bag and give it to me. Don't give me packaging. And so I'm looking at labels now, clothes labels, they're getting wordier. You know, do not wash, do not iron, do not do this, do not do that. You know, it's, it's wrong. It's just wrong. I mean, we can just, we can cut out all of these things. But it appears everywhere. Oh, it's just frightening. Labels, but apparently some people, especially young people now, not me, they buy a baseball cap, but they leave the price sticker on it. Because apparently that's called trendy. No, that's called stupid. The other thing is... And it grieves me to tell you this, that in Essex at Lakeside the other day, because little Joey Essex has had the stupidest haircut in living memory, there's a few numpties out there in Essex who've had the same haircut, which is where you shave it at the sides and you leave it floppy at the top. It looks ridiculous. It's, are they doing it in Dalston as well? Oh, God, it's so stupid. It is... It's... Oh, has Joey got... Has Joey's shop open? Oh, dear me. But anyway... He does hair products. It's just as if you really want to take any advice on how to look by that numpty. Seriously, but looking at these people's silly hairstyles, you think, do you realise how ridiculous you look? Do you realise how stupid? Because unfortunately, not. it's like when, when, when Diana was alive. People wanted to copy the Diana style and the cut. And they would take photographs into headdress and go, I want to look like that. My auntie Enid was 78 she looked ridiculous. It would be easier to buy a wig and stick it on your head. It just didn't suit her. So everybody wanted the diner thing. Now we've got them. We had the purdy cut. A lot of women liked that. Purdy, that was quite good. It was that sort of short on the top and sort of long on the side. That was very good. And it was an action haircut. You just sort of went... Zhu, 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 and your hair looked all perfect again. Not for me, I'm afraid. Not for me. Zhu, 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 and the hair had gone. You know, I did do the wash and go. I washed it and it went straight down the plug hole. Never went anywhere else. And so now you've got the Joey Essex cut. It is the stupidest haircut you've ever seen in your entire life. And unfortunately, it only suits a few people. And most of them at Lakeside the other day, I have to tell you, girls, it didn't suit you at all. News headlines with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. 
odd, isn't it? I was watching Ant and Deck on Saturday. Uh, they had Sharon Osbourne on. Oh, she's rubbish, poor soul. I mean, she does her best, but she's passed her sell-by. And she was on there, and I was watching the Ant and Deck show, thinking, I like Ant and Deck, but there's nothing on that show that is new. Every single thing that they do is nicked from another programme. One of them, they had somebody out of the audience, and she, had to, she was part of a playlet. Well, that's the Generation Game. They did that 30 years ago on the television. Everything is taken from another programme, and all they've done is just nicked everybody's items and put it on there and passed it off as their own. But I like Anton Day. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think the programme's good. But it's nothing original on there. And then and they, they put on at the end Riverdance, and I thought the boys did quite well to learn Riverdance. You know why? Because Riverdance is coming back. And yet, strangely enough, they did their farewell tour in 2009. That was it. Farewell, goodbye. No, we're going to resurrect it again. Now, I've talked to Bill Whelan, I've talked to Michael Flatley, I've talked to all the people involved in Riverdance, and it's a great show, don't get me wrong, I think it's fantastic. I thought uh, Anton Deck had rehearsed very well, I thought that must, have, that must have taken some doing. They've obviously had experience of doing Irish dancing before, because it, it, they almost look too good. I thought at one point, maybe they might, have, they might have actually superimposed somebody's legs, but they didn't. So now they're going to, to do it again, the producer, uh, Moya Doherty. Uh, it's back round. I've talked to her before. This is the 20th anniversary tour. And she said it's a celebration and a thank you to the UK audience. It's called Let's Make Some More Money, I think. Uh, Moya. Uh, now, don't forget, this morning, if you have just woken up and uh, you know that... Well, A, you know the station, because you, you've obviously tuned into it before, so at least you've chosen wisely. And we have a brand-new competition. Every day, I'll give you the chance to win some top gadgets. Now, it finishes at 6.30, so it only runs for the duration of the programme. It doesn't run all day or anything like that. Today I'm giving away an iPad Mini, and this is uh, 16 gigabyte with Wi-Fi. OK? And you can win it, you can get your hands on it, at 6.30 this morning, if you know the answer to this question. What kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine... And tequila. What kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? Now, to enter the competition, it's very important that you text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and you send that to 84850. The text will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck, but the lines close. I'll remind you a little bit nearer the time. Uh, the lines close at 6.30 this morning. The winner will then be chosen. I shall tell you tomorrow who the winner is. And then tomorrow we shall have another gadget, but it's the iPad Mini today. Um, bad news is, apparently, marriages are wrecked now. First of all, by this bad night. If you get up to go to the toilet at night, apparently you are less productive at work. Have you heard that one before? I've never heard of that before. I do get up in the middle of the night to go to the loo. I thought most people did. I thought it was quite normal, apparently not. Perhaps it's a diabetes thing. But now they've said that sleepless nights caused by a crying baby are blamed for parents, uh, by parents, for the breakdown of up to a third of relationships. So it's this broken sleep, isn't it? It's this broken sleep where you're not getting a good... I don't think anybody got good night's sleeps anymore. <laughs> I think it's nigh on impossible. There's either noises going on or next door screaming or a baby or you can hear a fire engine going past. It's always very difficult, isn't it? Uh, Charmaine says, one of my favourite things. This is Chicken Kiev. Marks used to do the proper chicken breast ones but appear to have recently stopped doing them and are now selling the ones you're talking about. Very sad indeed. Morrison's do the proper chicken breast. You can make them. Just get some chicken breast, put a, put a, a cut in it and put in garlic butter with a bit of pals parsley, a bit of ground parsley. You get exactly the same. It doesn't have to be coated in breadcrumbs, and that's why. Check on the back. Is it chicken breast? 
or is it reshaped and reformed chicken, which is what you don't want. And a lot of them are doing it. Why? Because it's cheap. Because it's cheap. That's why. That's why. Uh, 84850. And another one here. Uh, I complained to the BBC about a certain person on the charity bash back in November. And uh, at 8.45, she made some innuendos. And even Kate Silverton, sitting next to her, exclaimed, you shouldn't say that on a family programme. Never even got a reply. Well, that's unusual. It depends who you complain to at the BBC. If you complain, what you have to do is, with all these people, you get put through to the duty officer. And you go to the duty officer, and they have to write it down. And all they do is they pass the book on to all the programmes, but I shouldn't imagine they'd bother with something like that. I should have, they, they, they wouldn't care less. I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Can you tweet a picture of the mug? There's little Julie. I'll try and remember later on to do it. I should try and do it later on today. I should do it. Can we tweet, tweet the picture of the mug in the podcast? No, we won't. We'll have to do it tomorrow. We'll have to do it tomorrow because it's upstairs, the mug, at the moment. So we shall do it later. OK, and then it'll, it'll appear uh, tomorrow. Stop talking about Chicken Kiev, says Dan. Yesterday, I dragged the family off to Costco and with the Reading Half Marathon. Not the best of ideas. Anyway, Costco Chicken Breast Kievs, pack of 11, 10.99. We had them last night with peas and chips and they were lovely. Oh, peas and chips. Actually, beans and chips would have worked for me on that one. Beans and chips definitely would have worked. It's a strange thing to have, isn't it? It's a very, very strange thing, but that's the way it goes. And uh, one here, Mark, Marks and Spencer says, Mary, do two types of chicken Kiev. You have to look out for the one that's whole chicken breast. Well, I wish they'd tell you. I had to turn the packet over. I don't like having to turn packets over. I want to see what it says on the front. That would make, make more sense to me, I think. Far more sense. Uh, snowing in Leeds, says Mike. Well, you deserve it. You absolutely deserve it in, in, in Leeds. I don't know. Gave up smoking Saturday at 3pm. Alan Carr, easy way. I am now free. Not as hard as I thought. Won't have to hum when you're talking about how bad smoking is, we now, says Liz. Listen, if you can give up smoking with either Alan Carr's method or any... If you can just stop smoking, it's good, but I don't like preaching to people. I've said before, it's awful. I did smoke, now I don't smoke. And if you want to stop smoking, you stop smoking. If you don't want to stop smoking, don't stop smoking. It's as simple as that. Poor old Richard Bryars was 79, wasn't he? That's not a bad innings. Not a bad... Somebody thinks that I could be related with my Auntie Joan. She said, I've got an Auntie Joan who's just died at 91. Definitely not the same one. (laughs) <laughs> I'd have remembered. I would have remembered that. 84850, uk. Dawn says, I wake up five times a night as my husband sleeps like he's in a washing machine. <gasps> that would drive you mad, wouldn't it? I mean, that would absolutely drive you mad. People Also, snoring. Snoring is a big problem, I know, for a lot of, a lot of marriages. And that's why a lot of people... You know, sort of say, you know, separate bedrooms. Uh, My granddaughter of nine had some baby chickens to look after at school and Googled chicks to get info for her project. Yes, maybe not the best word to put it, but they don't know, do they? Joey Essex's hairstyle, Steve, should make bald men proud. And Johnny says the funniest part of The Only Way's Essex is watching them flaunt their expensive designer clothes and watches. He says, I use the same bloke who does the best replicas. (laughs) <laughs> you see, they, but the trouble is, they're so low rent in Essex, aren't they? They're so low rent. They can't help it. It's not their fault. Uh, internet protection, Steve, for children. There are many commercially available packages you can install. Yeah, but most parents don't bother with them. And I know they're cheap. The thing to do, somebody told me the trick about that is to make sure that you've got the computer downstairs so you can see what they're doing. But the trouble is, they've all got laptops now. They've got laptops, they've got, you know, iPad minis, they've got all sorts of things. They've got iPads, they can, they can go anywhere and go and sit outside and, uh, 
and sort of be on the internet. You can check on history. You can check on history, and that's about, you know, that's about as good as it gets, I'm afraid. That's about as good as it gets. But you should check and just find out exactly uh, what was going on. Um, this is, uh, oh, the boring Samantha Brick is back. Oh, dear, the dullard. How I fell in lust with a Gallic crocodile Dundee. It's this fat, bald, ugly bloke she's going out with. This is, uh, they, they say memoirs of Britain's most irritating woman. She's just an attention seeker. We shan't bother with her ever again, I don't think. That'll be about the last time. Uh, the toughest independent press regulation in the Western world. The, uh, the position of newspapers on Leveson, they say, has been misrepresented. In fact, far from being uncooperative or threatening politicians, strangely enough, uncooperative they've got. I think it's uncooperative. But anyway, so they've made it a little bit wrong here in the email. But it doesn't matter. I'm sure somebody will pull them up on it. The press, they say, have made major concessions and agreed to a system of regulation. In the words of David Cameron, in the toughest of the Western world, they're looking at investigatory powers, million-pound fines, upfront corrections, whether editors like it or not, guaranteed independence from newspaper industry, the public's right to have a say in the writing of the rules, compliance at every stage with Leveson principles and underpinning by the Royal Charter, but not by a law imposed by politicians. And what they say here, don't let your MP end it today. It's up to you to lobby your MPs. Nick will be talking about that, the freedom of... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> freedom... Blimey. First time I've sneezed in this <coughs> studio for a long while. All of a sudden it went quite cold in here, quite cold. I don't want a tissue. No, thank you very much indeed. Very nice to offer, but, you know. No, actually, it, it wasn't one of those sort of... I haven't sneezed germs. Well, luckily there's nobody else in the studio at the moment. Can you imagine? Um, 84850, Steve at LBC. Made myself laugh then. I don't know why. Sneezing always makes me laugh. It's not supposed to be... F- Funny, is it? I'm afraid. Uh, the sun this morning, they're talking about the same thing. No censorship, because it's the sun newspaper. And uh, you, have to, you have to read it to find out exactly what they are proposing. Also, David Bowie, back at number one after 20 years. It's unbelievable, isn't it? There are still the fans out there. 94,000. 94,000 albums were sold in a week. I think that's about the fastest selling I think, uh, album for many, many a year. Uh, the forecast for today. Dry with sunny spells through the morning, but some showers arriving this afternoon. A few possibly becoming heavy and thundery. Maximum seven degrees, about the same as yesterday. Currently it's seven degrees. Sunset is at 6.10. I never worry about that. I don't know why people tell you when sunset is. I've never looked out and gone, oh, it's late. I've never thought about it. I don't really care. Well, exactly. I'm probably in bed most of the time. Uh, so sunset 6.10. Tonight, rain in places. It will dry out. That's go- oh, it's been dreadful. I've been so dreadful, very miserable. Tonight, uh, tomorrow, real mix of rain and sunny spells and the further three-day forecast. Here you go. This is where I can set the pattern for the week for you. Wednesday, cloudy with sunny spells and showers. Thursday, dry and bright, but still cold. And Friday, frosty to start, cloud and rain later. Frost. I mean, can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it has been the worst weather we've had in ages, so I'll be so glad when we've actually got some sunshine and we can... You know, put all this miserable, blooming weather behind us. Because it seems to have gone on for ages. There's an MP now. This is Eric Joyce, who's about to stay off the booze. He said, well, at least a fortnight. It's amazing how some people are on, on drink, isn't it? Some people have, you know, fall asleep in the corner. Some people like me get very tactile. A lot of sort of touchy-touchy and things like that, which is OK, you know. Always the other person's OK about it. And, and other people just become quite violent. And I suspect that uh, the violent one is MP Eric Joyce. I'm sure he's thrilled with himself. It's given him a, a name, hasn't it, now? People go, oh, Eric Joyce. That's the violent one on a few drinks. 
Morning, if you have joined us, it's LBC 97.3 at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. We have the news at six coming up, which means you've got 30 minutes to get your entries in for the gadget competition, because lines close at 6.30. With Steve Allen. Morning, five minutes past six. Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. Monday morning, cold, wet, miserable... It's been like that for the past. I've given up giving you the weather forecast because every day I seem to be telling you the same thing. One day I'm going to say, and today's going to be sunny and I can wear a short sleeve shirt because I bought a load of shirts the other day. Actually, I shouldn't really wear short sleeve shirts. It's not really the kind of thing to wear, but I mean, no, long sleeved are better. It's a bit more. I look like an airline pilot in short sleeves, which is what everybody tells me. Uh, to uh, who are we contacting here? Somebody was. Uh, oh, Sanjay wanted to know this, my little humidifier. Is it when I said it was the size of an Earl Grey tea box? Was it 20, 40 or 80 tea bag size? 20. 20. Uh, Scally Ranks, good morning. Can't believe you actually look like that. But um, we were trying to... Uh, Scott says uh, a pub called the King's Head in Kent to a chicken Kiev on the menu. Freshly made it so nice. You can actually do it yourself, can't you? I mean, now we've, we've discovered that it is actually possible to do to make your own chicken Kiev. You know, that's the uh, the kind of thing. Uh, Steve, I had a girlfriend who snored like a pneumatic drill on full power. It's awful, isn't it, really? Snoring is awful. It's it's that time in your life when you, when you, you can die through snoring. You have to be very, very careful. Very, very careful. Uh, people talking about the BBC Television Centre. They've sold it, this iconic... Bu- oh, they don't pull it down, because it's an iconic building built in the 60s, I think. And it was The only thing I remember it for, I know it's been famous for lots and lots of things, was when um, they had a spate of uh, tap dancing going on, and it was Roy Castle. He had 500 hoofers out there doing uh, doing tap dancing all around the rotunda. I can't remember if it was for record breakers or if it was for a charity. It might have been record breakers. Roy Castle was there, and loads of other people. Oh, there's a lovely body. Why do you have to move from it? I've got no idea. What a dreadful waste of money. So they built this huge place now. What do I say? You've bu- they've built it. We've built it. You've built it. Martin says, you're wrong. My M&S boxes are from Peru, like Paddington Bear. I don't think Paddington Bear was from Peru. His, his great-aunt Lucy was in the home for retired bears in Lima in Peru, but I don't think he was. Uh, Steve says, Lou in Kent. I've heard the snow on the way Tuesday. Oh, dear. And Lynn says, my husband snores. Half the time I'm nudging him to stop, the other half, because when he finally falls silent, I worry that he's not, not breathing. Oh, oh, dear. Steve, smoke pouring from a rubbish tip on Seven Oaks Way in Sidcup. Going to cause heavy traffic shortly. So we'll investigate that one. We'll pass that on to the travel team and have a look at that a little bit later on for you. Some of the other things. Uh, Michael Benteen arguing with a cartoon union man on the It's a Square World. Uh, the Blue Peter Garden, of course, is up at Television Centre. That was vandalised, wasn't it? Most definitely not by Les Ferdinand. Uh, the goodies failed to prevent TV Centre being blown up. But the one thing I'll always remember is that well-known star, and I won't tell you who it is, who got to the gates and the security men... On the gates of Television Centre are little Jobsworths. They're a little bit officious. And uh, this person, who's a well-known celebrity, pitched up uh, to come in and do a show. I can't remember if she was a guest or not. And uh, they went, you have to park in the car park down the road. They wouldn't let her in. Because if you're famous, I'm not, I can't say who it is. No, I'll tell you, no, I can't tell you, no. And, and yeah, I used to manage to get in in my car. Perhaps it was the car they were impressed by. And you could park up by the front door, but they wouldn't let her in. And so she turned round and she said, I shall never work for the BBC ever again. And, you know, she didn't. It was as simple as that. She was so put off by the rudeness of the men who seemed to think they were running the BBC. But, uh, of course, luckily we don't have to put that up with them ever again. Because they'll all be... Unless they're going to be employed by the new company who bought the place and probably turn it into 
I don't know, flats? That's what they seem to do now, isn't it? In London, you have an office block and they go, very shortly, this will be flats. Why do you want to live in an office block? I can't think of anything worse. Do you know you're watching more television than ever before? That comes as a surprise, doesn't it? To nobody. To absolutely nobody. Because that's the one thing we do. People in the car... And I do, I do say, I often wanted, want, I so want to ask these people. I see people sitting on the train with their headphones on, listening, and then all of a sudden laughing. And I think, are they, have they podcast a programme from LBC? Because I can't think what else they'd be listening to that make them laugh. You don't laugh if you're listening to music, do you? Just sit there with your, so you know, you don't do anything like that. But if you're listening to LBC, people do laugh out loud. Sometimes I have people laughing out loud on the train. I feel like saying, what are you listening to? That's very funny. It's this bloke on the radio. Very funny. You know, I'd like to find out if it's true. Might not be, actually. That's just an ego going on there. I'm terribly sorry. I should try not to do that again. It's not me at all. Uh, morning, Steve and Cat, says Joe. You're a ray of sunshine every morning. Sorry I missed an hour of the show this morning as I fell asleep at the start of Duncan's show. I'd only slept four hours total in the previous 48 hours. Letter from your parents. We don't want any of this people falling asleep or not listening to the programme. I get quite upset, you know. Especially as you've missed the gadget competition. Well, you haven't missed the gadget competition, but you've only got 20 minutes to get your entries in, because the lines close at 6.30. Oh, that's right. If you have just joined us, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned earlier before about the gadget competition, because every day we're going to be giving away a piece of a piece of kit. And this morning it's an iPad mini. An iPad mini, OK? And you can win it. Somebody will win it at 6.30 this morning. And then tomorrow morning I'll tell you who the winner is, and then we'll do another one tomorrow morning. So somebody will get that iPad mini today just by answering this question correctly. What kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila? To enter this one, you text the word gadget. That's the important bit, gadget. G-A-D-G-E-T. I don't remember how to do it. It's been itself now. G-A-D-G-E-T. Then your answer. And the answer will be what kind of cocktail is made up of orange juice, grenadine and tequila. And you send it to 84850. But it's got to have the word gadget in front of it. Okay, that's very important. If you don't put the word gadget in front, it just disappears somewhere. I don't know where it goes to. And you've got to do that before 6.30, so you've got 20 minutes left. The text will cost you pound fifty plus your standard network rate. That's why it's got to have the word gadget there. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online, lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck for that one. And uh, I'll be making somebody's day tomorrow morning by saying, congratulations, you won the iPad Mini from yesterday. Danny Boyle almost resigned as Artistic Director of the Olympic 2012 opening ceremony because of arguments over penny pinching. Can you imagine? Well, how much do you want to spend? Oh, I don't, we're not spending that much money. Good grief. So it's a, it's a new book. He fell out with organisers because of a sponsorship deal, which has uh, links to a company involved in the 84 Bhopal gas disaster, in which 15,000 people died. Uh, the scriptwriter for the ceremony also threatened to leave because of the sponsorship deal, but was talked around by Lord Coe and... Boyle has also revealed, while he managed to persuade the Queen to film a scene with Daniel Craig, his attempts to include a poem which ends with the line, well, I can't even repeat it, I'm afraid, because it's too disgusting, were blocked. Well, they would absolutely be blocked. I mean, this is just... You couldn't have that at all. But he says uh, the company uh, who have uh, links with the Bhopal gas disaster were sort of arguing and everything. And he says here... He, was, he attempted to sell volunteers the costumes they wore during the opening ceremony and was left dumbstruck when they only offered enough money to buy just 200 drums, despite the fact that his proposals involved a 1,000 drummers. Sounds quite fascinating, this book, doesn't it? Sounds wonderful. I like the idea. I, I, might, I might have to invest in that book. It sounds like my kind of thing. 
Uh, a study has identified six markers in breath which could be tested for signs of stress. Two compounds in the breath. Two, methyl pentadecane and indole increase following the stress exercise. Oh, don't do stress. I can't do stress at all, I'm afraid. Definitely don't do stress. I've never done stress, actually. I can't be, I'd just rather put it onto somebody else. I don't mind somebody else being stressed. Unless it doesn't affect me. Uh, Buzz Aldrin. I've interviewed Buzz Aldrin many, many years ago. We didn't do him for an in-conversation. We just did an interview with him. And he's selling the instruction sheets used for the first moon landing. Wow. I wonder how much that will, will go for. They think they will probably fetch around £60,000. Oh, I love that idea. Of course, there are those people who still believe in the in the conspiracy theory that nobody ever landed on the moon at all. It was all done in an aircraft hangar. I suppose the same sort of people... The same sort of people who who, who don't believe in all sorts of things. But they, they didn't believe that man had landed on the moon at all. Uh, Les Ferdinand used to boast about vandalising the Blue Bitter Garden. I don't believe him. There was somebody who climbed over the wall. I thought they interviewed them on the television. I seem to remember. Why somebody would want to do that, I've got no idea. Uh, 84850. Uh, one says, I knew the security guard who had a certain person's gold Rolls-Royce towed away from the main gate of Television Centre after he was refused entry into the BBC car park. Well, in fact, you don't need to go to the main gate of the of the Television Centre. The car park is just a bit further down the road. They've got a multi-storey car park. And I couldn't get my car in there. It was a bit too big. So they had to let me park in the building. But but I, but I, I did. I did. I was quite happy. LBC 90... Miss Nick Ferrari this morning, because as MPs prepared a vote on a crucial piece of... Press regulation. Nick will be talking to a journalist who knows firsthand how dangerous a state-run press can be. Plus, sleep deprivation. Is it affecting your relationship? It's apparently breaking up one in three marriages. And it's this, it's this getting up, as we said earlier on, and going to the loo, or if you've got uh, children and they wake you up. Apparently, it's this lack of sleep which causes people to break up. I'm sure that you've all got your various stories, especially there'll be a lot of young mums listening and things like that. And people like diabetics who do wake up in the middle of the night to go to the loo. Nick will be uh, investigating that and looking at the papers today. Yasmin Alibi-Brown. Uh, 84850, steve You've only got nine minutes left to get your entries in for the gadget competition, your chance to win an iPad mini. Good luck, but don't forget, don't text after 6.30 because you might still be charged, but it won't be included, so only up to 6.30. Funny you should mention listening to podcasts on the tube. I went to Wimbledon on Friday evening to see Priscilla. No... Bridget, good Lord. She says, on the way back, I was listening to one of your podcasts and heard you mention that Bishop Stortford is a veritable fairyland. I laughed so loudly that everybody where I was sitting gave me a very weird look. I was born and went to school in Bishop Stortford. I think your podcast should carry a laugh out loud warning. The boss wrote to me and said he laughed out loud at something I said the other week. Can't remember what it was. Actually, it's something to do with aeroplanes, I think. <laughs> Vandalising the Blue Peter Garden, says Will, marked a downturn in British values and behaviour. Absolutely. Abs- I mean, that is... I can't think of anything worse. You know, it's like vandalising a church. People who steal from churches or vandalising graveyards and stuff like that. He said, the majority of adults found this act on a children's programme highly amusing at the time. Though I imagine they would distance themselves from it now. Yes, it's always been vandalised. I mean, it's got the statue of Petra there. And stuff like that. And Percy Thrower used to go to the Blue Peter Garden. And now they're broadcasting what can only be described as a box room up in Manchesterford or something. I don't know where they're coming from now, but it's so awful, Blue Peter. They might as well put it out of its misery and close it down because it bears no resemblance to the programme I remember of my childhood. 
And it's, it's a great shame. Great shame, because you just... I'm not saying that programmes should be the same, but if you watch some of the children's programmes now, they're so base. I mean, they really are so... The language is so atrocious. So atrocious. I would never use language like that anywhere at all. Uh, 84850, steve at No, you're quite right, Damien, in Singapore. It doesn't. It doesn't. I should have pointed that out earlier, but it's on the, it's on the terms and conditions. Uh, yes, I should have pointed... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm missing out on you this morning. Uh, Jamie says, I was working at Artie Beeb in uh, Wood Lane when the people broke into the newsroom. Do you remember the um, poor old Sue Lawley and Nicholas Witchell had a hard time over Clause 28? Now these women sitting on the floor and Sue Lawley looks at the camera and goes, I'm terribly sorry, but we've, we appear to have been invaded. And the other time, Jan Leamy was sitting there and a light bulb blew over her head. I think she thought she was being shot at. All funny things. He says that security thereafter became very tight. You couldn't even go for a wander around the Blue Peter Garden. Thank you, Jamie, very much indeed. Yes, I did go round there. But I looked at the Blue Peter Garden through a window. For a window. Oh, gosh, I must do that thing today. You know, I told you I've been called up for jury service again. I I must send that thing back. I keep putting it off. I was going to do it on Friday and I didn't get round to it. So many things. Uh, 84850... Steve, talking about podcasts, says Joe, and laughing out loud, apart from listening to your LBC podcast, the other one that has an effect on me is Ian Collins. She says, so funny, often seen or heard, his great humour, like yours, infectious. Makes me smile. He's better looking than I am. But you see, I I don't really care, because I I get more birthday cards than anybody else. I'm still getting them now, so I I quite like that. He's actually better looking. But thank goodness, I I don't worry about that. Uh, Nothing much on television these days. Over the moon, when Conrad bought me the complete box set of the anthology Thriller, written by Brian Clemens, watching the Kiss Me and Die episodes, we eventually worked out the leading actor was George Shakiris. Oh, Lord, from West Side Story. Great watching these old plays. So many stars for the past. There's Miss Diane from the Malvern Hills. Thank you very much indeed. Very much indeed. Uh, 84850. I was only wondering the other day, Steve. Bonjour. Uh, why you don't have a gadget competition? Well, there you go. See? Isn't it funny? You think about something one day, and the next thing it happens on the programme. I'm thinking about winning the lottery on Friday. Do you think I can, on Saturday morning we'll wake up and go, I've won the lottery? £80 million on Euro Millions, where the odds are just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But it doesn't matter. You stand as much chance as the next person, don't you, I suppose? Uh, Totally agree with you. Re uh, Children in Need. Uh, The people who run Comic Relief. It's just a showcase for lovies, says Paul. Well, it does tend to be people wanting to be in it, doesn't it? And also, some of it's just not very funny. But I don't suppose it's supposed to be funny. The idea is it's supposed to make you sort of put your hand under... Sorry, put your hand under... Put your hand in your pocket and produce some money. Nothing new under the sun. Joey Essex's haircut looks like the Tom Cruise style in Top Gun. Ugh, says Jacinda. Well, I think it's even worse than that. I, I mean, it's just bad, I'm afraid. Just bad. We'll run through the, uh, the paper. You know, we've still got... I'm assuming we've got it happening uh, this week. This is the fire in Coronation Street, where we know two people die. We know who one of them is, and we just don't know who the other one is. People are sort of suggesting different... But I don't know anybody. I've, I've kind of lost it a bit on Coronation Street. I know some of the characters there. 84850, uk. It's amazing how many people podcast this programme. And if you don't know how to podcast the programme, go to lbc.co.uk. We have a free podcast for you up every day which will be up by about 7 o'clock, or sometimes some people get it later, depending on how you're downloading. And then later on, you can pay 
uh, from as little as £2 a month, and it means you can download everything on LBC. And it's worth it because they don't evaporate after all. Sometimes you download some programmes and then all of a sudden they expire. But not these ones. But the one thing I would advise you to do, if you're going to podcast anything from LBC, do it today. Because as more and more programmes appear on the system, other things drop off the end. So a lot of my stuff, because I've got so many programmes going up there on a daily basis, they fall off the end. So Paul in Manchesterford will know all about where we're up to at the moment. So no doubt we shall have, a, have an answer to that one probably tomorrow. Uh, Paul in Epson says, you make my day. And apparently somebody says that uh, Tony Hancock got stuck in a lift at the television centre in Hancock's half hour. He got stuck in a lift. I don't remember that bit, actually. I don't, I don't remember many of them. I was too busy watching the London Palladium double DVD at the moment. Too busy watching that. And I've got episode three of Downton Abbey to get through today, in between trying to deny myself the, the access to the British court system. Much as I would love to go into the British court system again, I've done it less than two years ago, so I think best to leave it for a little while. Wouldn't mind doing it again next year. Wouldn't mind doing it again next year. The Sun this morning on the front page. Just quickly run through these for you. Uh, the Sun talking about the freedom of the press, the unsleeping guardian of every other right that free men prize. Nick will be talking about this this morning with a journalist who knows exactly what it's like to work for, for state press. Plus Catherine the Great, that's G-R-A-T-E. You've only got two minutes incidentally to get your entries in for the gadget competition to when you get your hands on my iPad mini, which I'm sure you'll want to. Uh, the Daily Mail today on the front page. Look what Hollywood's done to Downton Dan. This is Dan Stevens. He's been given the Hollywood makeover, so a little bit of designer stubble. Changed the hair a bit and uh, looks fantastic. Daily Express today. Kate, I want a boy. William wants a girl. We think it's a girl. We think it's going to be a girl. Mirror today, Kate, I want a baby boy. He wants a girl. And this terrible story of the British dad who saw his 12-year-old son plunge a 1,000 feet to his death in the French Alps. He made a phone call, and thank God he did. Then he, unfortunately, fell to his death as well. Police have said that it was a dangerous mountain path in winter. But for two people to lose their lives, terrible. Have a great day. A couple of minutes left to enter the gadget competition. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Nick and the team with you after seven. Next on LBC, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC.